Did I hear you say in the last podcast that you were driving a Kia? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, swindled out of my car. You uh, gave your mother the Honda? And I did not give my mother the car. My mother, we gave a Kia, and, and she said, oh, there's something wrong with this brand new Kia. And I, I would drive it, and there's nothing wrong. But I don't know, it already happens if you drive it a while. And so I was like, well, let's switch cars for a couple of weeks, and that was six months ago. And I'm still driving a Kia. <laughs> Cast Iron Brains, a podcast exclusively dedicated to coverage of the Monticello Little League playoffs. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How are you doing, Lori? I'm fine. Lori's fine. Tonight is Wednesday, June the 8th. 2022 we're a little bit behind our normal recording schedule abe usually. more ways than one more ways than one it is 9 19 on wednesday yeah. june the 8th we had a lot of little league baseball this week so much we had little league baseball scheduled thursday I don't even, I mean, I'd have to look at the calendar. Yeah, we had Little League Baseball. And then things got post, yeah, Thursday didn't happen. Right, but then we had games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we had something. We had Katie Sunday. Yeah, Katie Sunday. And then Monday and Tuesday also. And then tonight. And then tonight we just went to watch, because that's what the (laughs) really dedicated fans of Monticello Little League Baseball do, is they show up even when their kids aren't playing. Just to root against the coach that they don't like. This is fairly close to where you guys live. You guys can just waltz. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just 10 minutes. It's to... like you in volleyball. Oh, nice. Say no more. Our uh, our team, I, know, I think the only other time that we've talked about this Little League team on the podcast before, I was complaining about league management yeah. and the uh, the shoddy job done by the organizer of the league. Which, after having now experienced the entire season, I feel like I, I feel bad about having denigrated the commissioner and canceled. Uh, You're canceled now, and the league administrator in the past because she's a perfectly nice lady, and the, she's definitely trying the best she can. Right, like, and it's not is, her fault. It is not for any lack of effort. Like she is really trying. Yeah, it's just difficult. It's a, a whole it's bunch hard. of things, balls in the air. She didn't know that she was. I, you know, having gotten to know her now. She didn't even know she was going to be doing this until like three days before the league sort of got started this season. So she was roped into it like someone else was supposed to do Sort of, yeah. Uh, Somebody got sick or something. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Not that there's, I mean, there's literally no chance that she's heard me talking bad about her on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't say it's impossible, but it's impossible. Uh, But will she? No, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the chances she finds out. I you accidentally guys become super close. The closest that I get to telling people about this podcast in real life is is just purely by accident. Like, oh, is, yeah. I was at a, a I was at one of Katie's games, and one of the dads from my team had a kid in that game, so we were chatting briefly. This is a few weeks ago, and I accidentally let. He's like, "Yeah, what do you do?" And I'm like, ah, "Nothing really. I just stay home with the kids." And 
I uh, try to write, and I have this podcast. And I, as it's coming out of my <laughs> mouth, I was like, oh, no. Like, I can't tell because I don't know these people. And I coach right. his kid, and I can't, like, direct them to brainiron.com. That's because right. I, first of all, you would never let me near your kids again if you disagree with some of the awful things that come out of my mouth. <laughs> Even if you agree with them, you'd probably have to like rethink your association with me and certainly right. wouldn't want to leave your kid alone with me uh, based what's, on the things that I say here. What's weird is uh, you saying that you write won't invite any follow-up, too many follow-up questions, but if you say podcast, you're going to have yeah. to say more. Oh, and, yeah. What do uh, you – so what, what do you talk about on that podcast? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's uh, news and everyone. culture and politics. <laughs> oh yeah, what, what 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 so what are your politics? What's uh, the angle? You know? <laughs> no, it's uh, when it's people who listen to podcasts cuz it's either it's a person who is, doesn't do podcasts so they hear that and they're like, "Oh, that's I know as little about that as I do about writing." Like same yeah. thing. Yeah. But someone who like more people consume podcasts. Yeah. Than like whatever people think people write, you know. Right, I'm the opposite. If I found a guy who's like, yeah, yeah I have you a are podcast. a writer. People who write are like, what do you write? And then that's why Although, you don't. Tell I'm not the opposite. I, I should say I would be wildly interested in anything some random stranger at a baseball game was telling me that they did. Like this is where I'm. Like this is how like I don't. And now it's going to sound like I'm complaining about something, but this is just me pointing out how I'm weird. I think it's the only explanation is that I must be the weird one, but. If that guy had been like, yeah, I have a podcast and a blog, or I like to write sci-fi stories or whatever, I would have been like, oh, really? Like, cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's the link? And I would not I would not have missed an episode of this random stranger's podcast probably. Like, if I listened once, I'd, it'd be in my rotation. And if it was any – if it engaged me at all, I'd be listening yeah. to it. Just because you know them? Just because I know them, yeah. right. And I could be like – if I – it gives me something to talk to them about at the game the next time I have to run into them or whatever. Which is why, like – and again, not to like, not, not that I'm thirsty for the uh, the audience or whatever, but like, right. if one of my brothers had a podcast, yeah, so much, I wouldn't miss an episode of the fucking podcast, <laughs> and I would text them after every podcast or during like a live my live listen of the right. podcast, giving my feedback and reaction to it the way that I do with uh, the fucking Biffler, yeah. your your other <laughs> podcast. Which you can not, you, I, I would direct you to the website, but I've noticed recently the website is down. Oh, so is the, it? The, the Buffer <laughs> Podcast or the BufferPod.com is not, is not currently available, but the podcast feed is still up. I don't know how that, how uh, that works. But. We have our best men on it. Uh, you know, I, Bob, I would uh, leave the same impression on people like you would when talking to them, but I would do none of the follow-through. I, I would never actually listen to the thing. I'm like, oh, what's this about? Oh, birds. Great. What kind of birds? Like, I would have like a 30-minute conversation with them, and then as soon as the interaction is over... Yeah, you're good at that. This person doesn't exist anymore. But, you know. Yeah, but was... Is, I, I'm assuming that none of your brothers or sisters have podcasts, for example. Right. Right. They they don't even know that I have... Uh, they, they they know about our original Bob and A podcast, but they, they don't know that <laughs> we resumed. Do they, and do they think that's just still going on 15 yeah. years later? Every now and again, they're like, you should go back. What, whatever happened to Bob, you guys should... Uh, it's like, in fact, we are <laughs> doing it again. Whatever happened to Bob is... <laughs> many, many people are asking... Uh, 
Anyway, I just there's something about like I, and I like I said I must be the weird one, but like my neighbor, we were at a goofy cookout. I almost thing. fucking said something. I had to bite my tongue. It was so hard for me. And one of our neighbors was was talking about. One of our neighbors was like someone who will actually like this podcast. I don't oh, know no about that. He's uh, he's much more much more respectable than than our normal audience member would be. I think. I, I wouldn't assume. But anyway, I couldn't bring myself, even in that conversation, where he's telling me about the podcasts that he likes to listen to. And it's describing this podcast. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> we are not... We are not uh, News and politics and people yeah, sure. having conversations. Yeah, yeah but he listens... Nice. It's nice when they have a good rapport, because it's fun. Yeah. If you listen to the, the Bulwark uh, family of podcasts, I don't think that we are a natural fit with, like, Charlie Cook or whatever, but... Anyway, I, I I couldn't bring myself to admit to that person that I but what I was talking about was the other guy there, who's Ted, who's this old guy who went mm-hmm. to Georgia like a hundred years ago. Yeah, good oh, nice. And he, as it turns out, writes short fiction. He writes uh, science fiction short stories. And so, like, I'm like asking him questions, like, who are your favorite writers? Like, who of do course, you read yeah. that inspires your stories? That sort of thing. And I would like love to read his stuff. I don't know if he's any fucking good. He's just the right. old guy who lives. Two houses down right. the street. That went to Georgia. It's very important. And yeah, went 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 to Georgia. We talk we talk bulldog <laughs> stuff. That's our the entirety of our neighborly right. connection is yeah. how about dogs? You know, you see the Nick game. Nick Saban is a wicked man. <laughs> He's the one who said Nick Saban is a wicked, <laughs> wicked man. It's a good hook to have though with a neighbor. Like, eh, easy chat yeah. topic. Anyway, uh speaking of how I can be weird. Let's let's transition into what we're really here to talk about. What we're about. really here to obviously there's plenty going on in the news. All of it is annoying and stupid. I dare you to find me one thing in the news today that's not annoying or stupid or both. No, you said plenty going on. There is, in fact. It's all there's plenty of it happening. It's just none of it is I mean, we're gonna talk about it, but yeah. we'll we'll get there eventually. Abe. Yes. Here's another way in which I think I must be a little bit weird, which is like, I listen to The Buffer. Yes. Uh, I might be... It's a small audience, but we're a, we're a feisty group. <laughs> Dedicated <laughs> listeners. Uh, the, the Biffler podcast featuring Abe and his, his brown buddies. And <laughs> that's the subtitle, right? Or is that just what's going on in my head when I'm listening? I'm not sure. Uh the thing that you're also you're canceled now. They ha- someone had to cancel you. Just they now. say so much worse things on no, the Biffler than. <laughs> anyway, uh, my question is: Is it possible that I am paying more attention to the things that are happening when I'm consuming them than the people who are actually producing the content on the on the front end? Like, is it is it possible? That because I have consumed it, I've put more thought into the thing than was actually put into it as it was being created. Right. You know, the answer to that when it comes to me is always yes, because I always forget things, right? But I assume (laughs) the others uh, on the show remember stuff better than I do. Uh, But that wasn't the case, it seems like, when... uh, Right. So we should explain. What is the difference between what you do... And overthinking. What do you mean? Like if what you're doing is paying so much attention to the thing, 
more than the person. No, I'm just talking about like a bare level of engagement with the thoughts and sounds that are emanating from the person (laughs) in the first place. (laughs) Now, uh, and I assume that Binyam, I have to assume that the entire uh, Buffer crew doesn't listen to this podcast because they're always surprised by news items that we have covered yes. extensively, like a month <laughs> earlier. Yeah, uh, mo- most recently, the fact that Dr. Oz is running for office. Right, the, was- the fact that Dr. Oz is no longer has a television program, but in fact might be the next senator from Pennsylvania, was a shock to, I would say, in the, out of the four people in the room, yeah. This, the person I would have guessed was second most likely to know that Dr. Oz had become a political figure, right? Like, right. it was just a complete mystery to Urban. Like, wait, Dr. Right. Mehmet Oz, right. I think is what he said? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Urban's uh, thing is, he, he has two, two, he tunes out politics for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe if it was, like, yeah. sports-related, yeah. yeah. But politics, yeah, sure. all it's of them just, don't a, pay attention to... I mean, to, to be fair... I am completely ignorant of like 95% of the material that the buffer brings to me to consume. <laughs> like the, there's like this red table thing that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith apparently does that's a big deal. There's like uh, Charlemagne the God has a talk show yep. with, with that's like wildly popular. I have never seen 40 seconds of that thing. Right. Uh, any of the various beefs between uh, various rappers I have, right. I have no familiarity with whatsoever. It's beefs. I think it's beefs. Quarrels. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, is that when I'm ingesting that content from the Biffler, yeah. it it sticks with me at least a little bit enough for me to, when reminded of it somewhere else in the world, like I see some random tweet, I'm like, ah, oh, that that's a uh, future, the, the the rapper future cr. Like yes. I can put two yeah. and two together. Yeah. And like, oh, so I have some context for this Buscemi now. The Steve Buscemi gif with the... Yeah, my fellow kids. <laughs> yeah. Here, here, here I am. Uh, yes. the, this is a big circular way of discussing the fact that back in January... Now, admittedly, this is a while ago, right? Yes. Uh, the Biffler has a segment... Stolen segment, called, it should be noted. What's that? It's entirely stolen from one of those Charlemagne shows. Oh, is it really? Oh, like Binyam just straight up stole the segment. So the Charlemagne talk show has a grease ball and fillet of the no, week. No, just grease ball. No, no, no upside. We just made up the fillet part. Just, you know, gotcha. in case it comes up in court, like that's entirely well, different. You know, what great, do you mean? Great, good artists borrow and great, great artists steal. And there's, there's no doubt about uh, your guy's status over there in terms of relative greatness. Anyway. They have this recurring segment, the, the Buffer does, where they do uh, the Grease Ball, who's like the, the, the bad guy of the week. And then the, yeah. it's sort of like yeah, the old Keith Olbermann thing, the worst person in the world that he right. used to do. Wag of the finger, tip of the hat. Yeah, yeah wag the finger, that, tip of the hat, that sort of thing. Back in January, it was the same week that you guys were talking about the Georgia Bulldogs winning the national title. Oh, fun, uh, fun, fun. Uh, the esteemed champion of all women, host Mike <laughs> of the Buffer over there. Gave his, I think he was the fillet of the week. He gave to Drake, and the reason yes. for that. Yeah. Would you like to describe it, or or you? <laughs> you can. <laughs> so apparently, there was a story going around. <laughs> to be clear, Abe deferred. Not he didn't really verbally defer, but <laughs> he's going to take the second half kickoff. Uh, 
<laughs> Drake was engaged in the physical act of love with uh, some Instagram model or something like that, and they they performed their act. Uh, Drake deposited his leavings in a. Uh, this is we're we're no longer in family territory here. In case we're not clear, uh, earmuffs, kids. Drake deposited his leavings in a in a condom. He's being he's practicing safe sex. Yes. And then uh, goes to the bathroom and and cleans himself up or what have you. And and a few minutes later, after he allows the woman that he had been sleeping with her chance to clean herself up or what have you he hears yelling from the other room she's right. she's screaming in agony because uh it should be noted that drake deposited his uh, used goods into the trash bin or something right. he or left somewhere his, where left he it didn't flush in the it trash down can or yeah right. so the the end of the the middle part of the story is that she goes into the bathroom unknots the knotted condom from the trash can yeah. and attempts to uh, based herself no, with. No, it's gross. Don't it, talk about it. Anymore. I have no choice. This is just the facts. This is not. I didn't make this up. I'm sorry that this is the world we live in, but it's true. She attempts in, a, in an attempt to get pregnant via Drake. She takes his leavings and bastes her innards with them. But she immediately has a <laughs> negative reaction. And she's yelling and screaming in in, in pain because Drake apparently has mixed his leavings with hot sauce. <laughs> he, not not only so he, is this the world we live in, but uh, Drake like anticipated this possibility. Yeah. <laughs> he took action to get ahead wow. of it. Oh, although, to be clear, it's just a way of finding out if this is a bad person, right? Because, <laughs> because the hot sauce, I think you guys said on the show, somebody was like, yeah, it fucks up the pH balance. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> if killing sperm was as easy as just mixing it with a little hot sauce, we wouldn't live in the world that we live in with, with all of the unwanted pregnancies. If it was just a question of a little pH balance being thrown off, Sperm wouldn't have survived. We wouldn't have a human fucking race, right? Yeah. An inhospitable <laughs> environment is the is the other person's right. body. Like the sperm is designed to withstand right. great changes in environment. Right. Anyway, oh no, dropouts occurred during recording. That's not good. I'm I'm just getting rolling here. Well, you've been. You're certainly feeling yourself tonight. Anyway, uh, <laughs> turns out. Yeah. Not a lot of dignity in the woman that he had just uh, had right. sex with, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> I was I was heartily amused by this by this conversation that you guys had over on the buffer, and somebody said, "Surely, she should have noticed." Right. Because you think of hot sauce. What's the first thing that comes to mind in terms of color? It's, it's always red, right? Right. Or, or usually red. Right. And so, like you, so she gets the the thought process. She gets the condom out, and there's a. A, a bloody mess inside. <laughs> and you're and like, you know, you know what I should do with this? Uh, like, no, sweetie, don't. But uh, anyway. The, the only explanation, the by the way, uh, to give this woman an out is that it could have been a dimly lit bathroom. I don't know why. Sure. Uh, sure. We don't hastily know. done, you know, like, uh, oh, boy, that Drake is going to come back and ask if whatever. So right. time is of the essence. No time to think. Just Turkey based it or whatever it is. <laughs> All are thinking she did ahead of time. I think it's <laughs> fair to say. Anyway, the 
the the buffer crew rightly i mean i don't know about giving out awards for drake's behavior yeah, here necessarily the commendation that <laughs> <laughs> bravo bravo drake <laughs> but can you imagine living in a as drake like living in that world where that's yeah. a possibility for you like, what a bummer well and like yeah. what it, what's incredible is like to think how paranoid a person looks doing that Right. Imagine. So imagine like Drake five minutes earlier. What if that were a problem for him? He reaches into the crazy into the cabinet it. beneath the sink where he keeps the Texas Pete <laughs> just for this occasion. <laughs> also, there. This is clearly like an entrapment kind of thing because there are other options to remove the possibility altogether. Right? Just flush it entirely. Like, All right. Although, to be fair. You're not supposed to flush the things because they're not really de- biodegradable. Like they, a they top do clog concern up for systems. Drake. Yes, this is right. Maybe right. he has really good toilets. Yeah, maybe he's just like you know really environmentally conscious on top right. of everything else. Right. Maybe uh, news peg alert. Maybe he doesn't want to bring any more children into this world because of climate change, That's right. as uh, Ezra Klein was discussing this week. Oh, anyway, uh, the the buffer. My my favorite part of the of that conversation with the, the Biffler though was when Simon was just he was so sad. He couldn't. He, yeah, yeah. Right. He he was he was putting on a furious face and and yelling about it, but you could hear in his. And I barely know Simon. I only know him from the buffer. I think I met him once because he Did went guys, to Georgia. Didn't you guys work together? <laughs> no. no. Did at we? The Domino's. He was. Del- I mean, it was a short stint at. Uh... As a driver, I think he you guys work together. When did he work at Domino's? When he was oh, you're asking me, use your memory to no, remember. No, no, because I didn't go to I someone didn't, that wasn't you. I didn't go to Domino's. Someone. I didn't go to Domino's until after my Papa John's career was over. And I, he, I think he was gone from Athens by then. Okay, that was that's the story I heard. Wait, so he thinks that he knew me from Domino's? He thinks that he knew me. Yeah, there's no way he's right. <laughs> that. That is my recollection. We'll have to follow up. We're gonna on have that. to. We're gonna have to double check that because I right. really don't think that I know Simon. Like no, no Simon. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I like Simon. Beside the point here, but he was just so deeply sad about it. Like right. just like, why sad? Contemplating what this, what is going on in this woman's life. That this is the point that she has to stoop to to get some money. Like that this was the plan, and that it, she thought it was past- a good plan. The actual deeds, uh, this could be transformational for her, you know? I mean, this is not the bottom rung of life, right? <laughs> People have done a lot worse than what she attempted to do. I mean, I don't know. I sort of identify you, with You Simon don't know. <laughs> so many worse it's, things than what she tried there to are do. Worse, there no, are worse No, th- it's not that it's the worst thing. It's just yeah. sad. Yeah, it's just yeah. a bummer. No, no. It's, anyway, so yeah. the, the point is I knew immediately what I had to do back in January, which is that I – needed to find a I mean there's no pleasant way to say this although if you've made it this far I don't think you're going to be mad at me for what is about to come out of my mouth I, I needed to find a jizz looking hot sauce I needed to find a bottle of hot sauce that looked reasonably like a bottle of male ejaculate <laughs> Which, as Abe is holding up to the camera now, it looks like a bottle of male now ejaculate. That you it. So this was in our house for how long? This was in our house for like two months, months. before I, I finally why, got it to Abe. 
I was like, what is this? And Bob said something about it being for Abe and it being Drake's hot sauce. And I was like, okay, like, whatever. I, I declined to explain any of this to my <laughs> wife. Fine. I was fine with not knowing. I, I can't wasn't imagine even, why. I was fine with never knowing because I don't care. I but can't believe. Is, now it's there, gross. There's this type of – because do you guys remember? Maybe it's just my – misremembering but there was a time it was a very short time where they came up with like blue ketchup or they changed green, or green yeah, yeah. ketchup like at, at st patty's day they released yeah. like no or, yeah. they had green ketchup for a while like and then purple ketchup yeah, yeah. i'm and sure it, just, it was a pride thing just no 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 like in the 90s oh really yeah yeah, it was like this weird, like, let's change the color. And I know this is all just, like, colors, and it shouldn't matter, but it just kind of fucked my... No, it like, tasted weird. It Did it? Or is, it, is your brain, yeah. like... Pr- yeah, right. it just looked weird. Anyway, the, the brand of hot sauce that I found, it wasn't hard to find. I just Googled, like, clear hot sauce, and this is what popped up. It's not clear. It's, it's very much what you think it looks like, right. uh, based on my description. But it's called Frostbite. If you uh, if you are interested in purchasing it yourself, it doesn't have any coloring in it. It's just like it looks vinegar, like a kamikaze, like a shot of kamikaze, gross college bar. Yeah, it's just like vinegar and the capsicum uh, chemical, and there's like one other thing in there, water probably. I don't know. Anyway, I got this from Amazon months ago. And I was in the process of trying to figure out how to relabel it because it wasn't enough for me. It, like, right. whenever I decide I'm going to fucking go too far with a joke, which by you the way, to it. I right, it's not enough to go to Amazon and order a bottle of uh, jizzy-looking hot sauce and then send it to my friend <laughs> so that he and his podcast can have like maybe a 15-second laugh about <laughs> about the callback, right? Like, that's the top side. The best-case scenario is that it gets, like, a chuckle at the end of a podcast that literally the only people who are engaging with the podcast are sitting at the table recording the podcast in that moment. Right, right. And also some fucking Atlanta restaurateur named Tony. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Uh, it wasn't enough just to have the frostbite hot sauce, so I, I created a label for it, and then I figured out how to actually make the label myself. Because then I went and see if I could like print off a professional style label, but like everybody wants like okay, so you want a thousand of these, right? Yeah. Like yeah. No, 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 no. I don't want a thousand. <laughs> one. I want one. <laughs> it's like no, we can't do one clear label. You can't just do two. <laughs> right. It's a Wonka thing. You need to do a thousand of them for it to make any sense. So I, I like, I'm going on YouTube and I'm googling up ways to make your own clear labeling thing. And so, basically, what you do, if if any any of you DIYers at home want to know, I took some packing tape. And you take the packing tape after you, so you, you laser print out the thing that you want to turn into a label. So you go, I went down to the Staples. I see it, Abe. Hold it up again. Oh. Lori wants to sing. I went down to Staples and I, uh, I, I, I color laser printed out the image that I wanted to turn into a clear label. And then you cover it in packing tape, very, very sort of press the packing tape into it. And then just lay it in hot water for like 10 or 15 minutes. And the uh, paper just rubs right off. And then after the packing tape dries, it gets sticky again. Oh. And you can just put it back onto uh, the thing that you're applying it to. And so did there's you like, learn this on the internet or did you come up with this? No, I found it on, uh, on YouTube. 
And yeah, all these crafty moms out there like trying to <laughs> trying to put their kids' names on on pint glasses for like uh, birthday parties. And I'm making uh, semen jokes semen on the <laughs> label. <laughs> anyway, I'll I'll share uh, if you go to the website brainiron.com. I'll I'll post an image of the label that I. It's, it's just a stupid thing. It's got like five or six little jokes on it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, th- this is the level of effort that I'm I'm putting in. So I, I I put it in a in a box and I I wrap it in bubble wrap and I send it to Abe and I'm tracking the thing to make sure that it gets to Atlanta and all of that. And it just sits there for like a month because the Biffler never fucking records. So <laughs> we record on occasion. How dare you? And I'm waiting for uh, the next episode to come out, and I'm listening. We get to the very end. Abe, Abe reveals that he's got this uh, this thing, and a look of total mystification right. to to everybody <laughs> in the room. It was no idea why there's a bottle. Remember? Of jizzy hot sauce in front of them. Like, what the fuck is wrong with Bob? What is he? What is he trying to? What is? We don't it's a get threat. it. Threat. I uh, I opened the the box like right there and then, so I didn't even have time to process what it was. I just like, oh, there's jizz hot sauce or whatever. Like, <laughs> what's up, guys? <laughs> so that's where that's where the question comes into my head. Like, this is a very uh, shaggy dog story to get right. to the question here. But, like, I thought, and I would think, that if I had told such an outrageous story in the middle of January (laughs) about jizzy hot sauce, like anything, like, since January, when I think about uh, sexual congress, when I I think about... Jesus Christ! When I think about coitus, Jeffrey, yes, the physical act of love, when I think about that, I can't help but also... Jesus Christ, Bob! It's it's (laughs) why... Word I can't help but think about the fact that what Drake did to that poor woman. Right. What? And now, so any it, reminder yeah. of like a bottle of jizzy hot sauce, I would immediately think about the Drake thing. It would go right. like snap right back to that. Right. I was I was very surprised that seemingly that entire story has just – it's gone off into the ether from, right. from that entire uh, crew. What's weird is, you know – it may be giving too much away if we present it this way, but if it was the buffer presents Drake's sauce or some sort of connection to Drake, like it basically has to be yeah. spelled out because of the the time that has passed. Especially when you say, and, to and me, we it's talk Drake's about a lot of stupid sauce. stuff, by the way. They're, they're, like it's not like a noteworthy that there was a, a jizz talk about. Drake. Right. That's my episode. mistake, I guess. Yeah, a you, lot were of, too, you were one you guys, too far. You guys swim in that particular <laughs> ocean. Whereas to me, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> what I what I screwed up is that and I knew it immediately. Like I, I had the thought as I was like applying the label was that I had because of course this is not just a, a thing where I thought about it for 30 seconds. I had like Come to I, there were fifty different jokes that I had about what to put on the label, including uh, a picture of Drake with his thumbs up, like giving a, endorsed by Drake kind of thing. Right. And I completely forgot, and I was thinking about that as I was packing the fucking box up to send it to you. But it was a it wasn't an easy task really to do the thing that I did, and I didn't want to go back and redo it. So right. that was my one regret is that I didn't get Drake's stupid smiling face on there with like making an OK sign or something oh, like that. Thumbs up. <laughs> Like, yeah, or a thumbs up. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, and I, I sent, and of course, the oldest rule in comedy is if you have to explain the joke, 
uh, the joke fucking sucked, right? It, yeah. <laughs> the problem is not the audience. The problem is the joke, you asshole. And right. so, of course, I wrote like a 500-word email to the Buffer crew <laughs> explaining the joke. You're the <laughs> Went over very well, by the way. People uh, did uh, appreciate the the, uh, the write-up. Uh, everybody had a different reaction to the email. Uh, uh, Bingham was very impressed by your lack of grammatical errors and uh, just perfectly written. And, uh, I mean, I'm cleaning this up. He said other things, but, like, uh, you know, oh, this Bob guy, he can write very, so well. He should very professional to- yeah. email. Yeah, is he used to, like, <laughs> shitty emails? I think that most people are just used to shitty emails. Like, yeah. I, I can't believe the things that, like, and I hardly interact in any real way with email at all. But, like, just as a coach of a Little League team, the, the emails that come through when you're dealing with people who, like, I, I recognize people are busy. And, like, that's, that's almost always the answer to the question that I have of how the fuck do people do anything? Like, because to me, I'm not a very busy person. I just take care of my kids and try right. to keep the house in relative working order and also do these stupid things with my friend and wife, the podcast website stuff. And I, in my head, I'm like, how does anybody do anything? I'm exhausted just from that. And right. the answer is that they're barely fucking hanging on. Right. They're sending. They're way more exhausted. They're sending emails with, with bogus subject headers and incomplete <laughs> sentences and no punctuation. Like, And I'm like, oh, no, this is – I actually am going to look at this email for 45 fucking minutes. Yeah. I'm going to edit the email afterwards. And after I've sent it, I will reread it and discover, oh, fuck, there's an extra space there that doesn't belong. <laughs> right. And I will consider resending the email because <laughs> I found that there was an extra space there. That's right. my level of complete fucking insanity. Right. Almost everyone else that I know doesn't do that. They just say, ah, close and enough. And the amount of time it takes is a lot. Right, I've got parents. Like he'll who are, be writing an email I've got for parents, three hours. I had a, two different parents this week in my text message chain for the little league team uh, misnamed their children, and only one of them decided to correct it. Like that's <laughs> that's that's how much care and thought because they're wor- they're speaking into pe- the phone. people put into their uh, written communication. And to me, that would be like the most embarrassing thing that happened to me that week is that I sent a typo in a text message. I would be right. mortified. They're voice texting. They're talking. to to Alexa. Yeah. And mo- most of the time, people don't notice the... Mi- I mean, if it was consistent, they'll notice it. But most people don't notice, like, the slightest, like, grammatical whatever. It is just- funny to me that the thing that stands out is that this right. was a... An, I could read this from start <laughs> to finish without seeing any major mistakes. <laughs> Mike's uh, response uh, was uh, kind of amusing. Uh, he appreciated the constant reference to Mike, uh, so... Kudos, Bob. Okay. For a, pers- that. a person like Mike, by the way, who I like. Is he Mike. talking about me and Mike. Mike is a charming dude. Every reference to Mike in that email was to point out the ways in which Mike uh, could consider. No, it's uh, as long, if you're talking he, about he him, might, it's good. He might consider changing something about the way he presents in the world because right. of the way you know, like I, I wasn't being complimentary necessarily. That that was uh, the second uh, note uh, that he left. He was puzzled as to the impression that he's left upon you that he's in any kind of way 
a sexist or a misogynist. <laughs> like, you know, where, where is he getting all this? <laughs> where is he getting all this? If I could play a clip here, I would. And, and maybe, I, maybe I will. But there's a moment. And, and you could take any episode there's, of the podcast. Like, every time I overhear it. It's right. just yeah. like, anytime what Lori is, are you listening And to? I try not to listen to it when she's around because I don't want to have to explain anything. And I'm not like a prude, a weirdo, like sensitive. Right. It's just like a little much. Yeah, you think like Mike. The bitch was crazy. <laughs> the fuck? You know, all I'm saying is, Steve bitches be crazy these days. So, she's Mira in the yeah. uh, in the Aquaman. Oh, series. with Momoa, Jason Momoa. Momoa she's yeah. the opposite love yeah. interest, and and all the Aquaman fans were like, "Fuck this bitch, pick somebody else." They were saying, "Pick your girl, uh, the dragon bitch, the blonde hair oh. with the big titties." Oh yeah, uh, Amelia Clark. Den- Den- yeah, her. Because they Daenerys. can replace her easily. Daenerys, they look yeah. they look alike. <laughs> What are you laughing at? It's true. I don't mean I don't know how to describe her, but you knew she, she was. It's just like a little much. Right. <laughs> Abe, Abe said, and I'll, I'll probably just dig the clip out here. Yeah. But I think if I'm if I'm just going to uh, paraphrase it, Abe goes because you were discussing the the herd Depp trial. What's interesting, and let me ask you guys this, because uh, there was a case in the United Kingdom, and Johnny Depp lost. Right, so Johnny Depp uh, goes up in the UK, and it was a judge that was ruling. It wasn't a trial by jury, right? So this is a trial by judge, a respectable, you know, learned man, right? So he's not gonna be, he's not gonna succumb to any sort of emotional kind of uh, angle, and he ruled against Depp. He said that a lot of the the claims about his abuse towards her were substantially true. Basically, he was saying, like, this guy did a lot of the stuff that she's accusing him of. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people thought, okay, when they took the case to court in civil court in, in the United States, it would be a similar decision, but this was a trial by jury, and the jury found they sided with mostly, almost entirely, yeah. with depth. So is it possible... That misogyny played a role? Do you think that the, the jury were like, man, fuck this woman. She's ruined a great man with a stupid fucking uh, pirate bullshit. No, you right? can't. Is that possible? No. I'm not saying it's true because I haven't looked into it. No, but like, it's not a true. Judge, I, I, I want Tyrion Lannister to show up and say, I demand a trial by combat. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it's weird because how what a big difference. Because the judge said, come on, man. This motherfucker is a wife beater. What are we doing here? And a jury like... This girl is crazy. She has that these crocodile tears. She probably She's put on her knee pads, dog. <laughs> that before the trial. So I'm just saying, this. <laughs> All I'm just saying, man. I mean. <laughs> and Binyam immediately, not ironically, I, I would put $1,000 of my wife's money on. On this not being an ironic joke from Binyam, right? And I don't know. Again, I don't think I've ever met Binyam. I might yeah, have met him I'm like at sure. a bike race in Athens. Not Binyam. Everybody else you have, but not. Yeah, I don't think well, I've met Binyam. Yeah. That that was not that when he said that he probably put on her knee pads, dog. <laughs> back before the trial. That was not him. Yes, ending your question about misogyny. <laughs> that was just him. <laughs> Like doing a misogyny, basically, right? <laughs> so, and then, and Mike must have said, and it was, it's very funny because the way that Mike, and I, recognizing, of course, uh, the way that people talk and the, the words right. that they use is a right. function of culture and, and different things. But he corrected himself once when he was like, 
he didn't say this crazy bitch. He, he he stepped back and he was like, this this bitch. Uh, <laughs> like his career. His <laughs> uh, fans were mentioning that Johnny Depp is innocent. This bitch. Okay, my this crazy woman named Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. It was really the bitch, and like provoked him. She's really the aggressor. His, his That's fix, amazing. His fix for this crazy bitch was this bitch, <laughs> as though that was cleaning it up. That's right. It is in a way. Yeah. Anyway, I I, I adore the buffer. Obviously, the uh, the guys are great, but the idea that I'm the one imputing the. Uh, the curious feelings about women onto the show and not the other way around is, is curious. <laughs> On a related note, uh, n- number one currently in the rankings, uh, super fan, uh, Tony, uh, he didn't get the email, so he just listened to our befuddled reaction but he's like fuck that i'm working on my own hot sauce concoction i'm gonna come up oh, with it's like no, no, fucking morons everybody's <laughs> a fucking moron for christ's sake uh, surely the other yeah, dedicated super fan of the biffler would have known that the jizzy hot sauce was a callback to the drake hot sauce story it's, right. it just it blows my fucking mind right yeah that was uh for some reason it just didn't connect yeah. whatever i don't do it as with everything else, I don't do it for the gratification of some imagined audience, which certainly doesn't exist. I do it right. for myself. Right. And it was a good joke. It's I'm happy a, yeah. with the bit. It was a lot of fun. We haven't talked about what we're here to talk about and then go to bed. Anyway, what are we here to talk about, Lori? Little League. Little League? Is that what we're here to talk about? Uh, the Cherry Bombs. We were supposed to be called the Cosner Brothers. This... Uh, Little league, minor league team of ours. Red shirts. Red shirts with red hats, and it says CB CB across the top. So the running gag of the year was to call us some CB name, some different CB. So we were the Chaos Brothers. We were uh, one of the kids called us the Coach Bobs. We were the the Cherry Bombs. Cherry Bombs is the correct answer, obviously. Wait, is is Cherry Bombs the official name? No, no. So the official league name is just Cosner Brothers, but we adopted okay. the Cherry Bombs as okay. our actual team name. Gotcha. It's a good name. It's a great name for a little league team, I must say. Credit to Lori uh, for coining it. And the Runaways. Yes, and also that proto-punk band, I guess they are. Good song. I probably won't play a clip here because every time I play any music from outside at all, the show does not post automatically to Facebook. I think that's what trips up. I say awful, awful things, say the worst imaginable words with the objectionable content goes right to Facebook. But if I play like eight seconds of a clip from CBS News with the music in it, it's like, nope, not going to yeah. post. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, we started off the season in dire straits. We were a team that, as I think I complained about a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, whatever it was, there's a lot of kids on the team who had clearly not played much baseball before. Or watched any. Or for watched that very oh, much this is baseball. Like all new? Right. Well, a lot of it is like so our situation is that we haven't played on a team in three se- this was we would have we missed two full seasons. We, we did miss two full seasons. Of baseball. We didn't do baseball for first COVID, obviously, and then second COVID, because we just didn't Right, because right. I was looking at the – I'm sure I said this last time, but I was looking at the requirements to be a coach and, like, what you would need to do 
to like keep the kids separate and like everybody was going to have to wear masks all the time. They were going to have to be distanced in the dugout. I'm like, I am like, it's one thing to hurt a bunch of nine year old cats uh, under normal circumstances, like that presents its own fucking nightmare. Yeah. But to the, to then make me in charge of all the COVID shit on top of it, it's like I think we'll just pass. Did they go through with it last year with these? They did, I think. With these rules, yeah, like, I'm sure that it was. So I'm sure that two years ago, everybody was much more conscientious about it. I would imagine that by the time they got to 2021, that people were taking it less seriously. But all of the same procedures were in place. So we skipped it again, and for 22, there were just there was nothing. There wasn't even a whisper of it on the Little yeah. League website about COVID. So we just, I was like, I guess we're doing this. Um, so yeah, there were some kids on our team who hadn't played either since T-ball or at all because they were too young the last right. time that they'd even considered it. But yeah, it was a, it was a mess. And by the time we got to our first game, we only had I think three practices before the first Bad, game, yeah. and. We lost that first game to the eventual league champion. We lost uh, 27 to nothing to start wow. the year. A tough outing. We ended up winning three games in the regular season. We went three and five in our official regular season, including two losses to that number one overall team. How many uh, teams are there overall? Seems like uh, Only five teams in the okay. league. Yeah. Very small little league. And... You know, we beat the same team twice, and then we beat another team once. And then we get to the, the playoff tournament. And I should mention, so we were 27 to nothing in that first game against the number one team. And then we played them again, and we lost 11 to 1. So there was a pretty substantial improvement from right. uh, that game to the next. And then we, we end up in the playoffs. We win our first playoff game. We won against it, a uh, team that we beat twice. Right. We, won it, we beat that team for the third time now. And... Bob looked like an absolute lunatic. Just an absolute crazy person. Like- and and arguably like probably like the biggest asshole in three counties. If you were just if you <laughs> if were you just didn't know the context. Right. If you have no context, if you don't know the first thing about me or this team or anything like that, I seem like just a raging lunatic on the Not an asshole though. In, right. in the in the dugout. Just a really just an insane person. Right. So in my defense. There was a kid on our team who, first of all, he missed, like, the entire last 60% of the season, basically, <laughs> until last week. Like, he came, he was a regular who showed up in the beginning, and then, I don't know what happened, but he just stopped fucking coming. He didn't maybe come to practice, he didn't come to the games. Maybe that was like, ah, fuck this sport. Yeah, maybe he got <laughs> beat down by our <laughs> rough outings. But he hadn't had a hit, like a legitimate hit, all year long. Uh, and then he, he shows up to the last weekend of regular season games, and then he's there for the playoffs. So that was it was it was good to have him, uh, but it was all it's also a little frustrating because the kids who don't show up to practice and who do show up to games and who stink, I'm like like seriously like what what are we doing here? You're just here to, <laughs> yeah. to basically take at bats from the kids who actually did show up to practice because I have to bat you. I'm not right. permitted to be like uh, you're Sonny, not going to punish show up. Yeah, this is right, not I'm like, not going to punish them. I'm not yeah. a fucking monster. What are right. we talking about here? Plus they're paying. Right. Plus they paid their $65 or whatever at the start of the right. year. So I mean, it's like these play. are kids, so it's likely yeah, not it's necessarily... Yeah, it's fault most of the time. Yeah, like what if the parents just couldn't take them to the... Right. It's definitely yeah. not anything that the kid is doing right. wrong. That's why, in, in particular, you don't want to punish anybody. Right. 
but anyway, this is a very sweet kid, like a kid that I genuinely like. You know, he's a just a good kid, and he hadn't had a hit all year. And we're in this game, and it's a tight game. It's a back and forth game. We were down like four to one, and we came back to go up, I think five to four, and then we were losing eight to five again wow. after that. A lot of swings. A very. It was very exciting. Exciting yeah. back and forth affair. And I like I cannot express to you in a way that doesn't make me seem like an insane person how intense it is to watch these eight to ten year olds play it's baseball. So good. It's so fun. It's as intense a feeling as watching the Braves in the playoffs. Like, that's how seriously I'm living and dying with every single pitch and every single play. Is that I, and it's not because I want to win. It's like, it's the most altruistic feeling that I, that I think I can experience. Because the other team also just has sweet little kids. Right. right. I don't want it I don't want it to hurt right. for the other. No, it's not like watching college football where I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, yeah. Fuck them. you, Auburn." Yeah. Like, man, I I watch the Georgia Auburn game more for the crowd reaction shots than I do for anything else. Yeah. I want to see sad douchebag 20-year-old Auburn yeah. fans in the stands. Right. Anytime like, we've been drinking for 9 hours. Yeah. yeah. Any rewatch of like college football or anything it's always just to see oh i i remember what happened here when they cut to the audience <laughs> that's yeah. right yeah <laughs> how's it feel how's it fucking feel yeah <laughs> anyway it's the opposite with this which is just like not only am i cheering when my guys do well i legitimately like am happy when right. the little squirt on the other team makes a successful play right like even though it's harming my team's chances it's of winning so cool to see right, right. now are do the kids appreciate the back and forthness, or are they just like kids, like ah, hitting the ball, running? No, the kids are, It varies from kid to kid. The, okay. It does vary, but the kids are largely involved. They're so paying they're attention. They're they excited. Are, okay. They're excited. They're taking it seriously. Okay. Also, they it, want, as it turns out, there is a whole lot of crying in baseball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they take it very imagine. seriously, yeah. and they they want to win. Yeah. And they they are in in classic nine year old male in particular fashion obsessed yeah. with justice and the correct outcome of right. a call well, they they also as far as i've seen they get much more upset about their individual failures than losing right. yes like losing's not fun right. but it's when they strike out or when they didn't right. make a play that right. they get really upset and right. yeah when the call doesn't go right and they're hardest on themselves right they're yeah. they're very good about picking up their teammates with some small exceptions, yeah. uh, but they're very good about having their teammates back and like making sure that Cheering if somebody, if somebody gets down, they're there to cheer them up. Like, yeah. and that's not me. So cute. That's it's not me them. making it they're happen. That's good. just them. Yeah. They're just good kids. Right. Yeah. So there's this one kid on the team. He's a, I would say he's the second smallest kid on the team, but he's the smallest kid who showed up because we had one kid who's smaller, but he stopped coming like two months ago. Uh, Anyway, he hadn't had a hit all year. He's up. There are two strikes on him. There are two outs. The bases are loaded. Wow. And it's classic, a, classic, classic. Wow. It's not the end of the game. It's yet, not the end of the game or anything like that. But he's but, gotten to a two-strike count with runners on and two outs. And he gets a hit. It's a, it's a solid, clean hit that he got off of the kid pitcher. 
and he drives in two runs, and they're an important two runs. It's the it's two runs that we fucking needed in order to extend our very very small lead. And there is not such a thing as a safe lead in little league baseball. <laughs> it can go real south real fast. And so we needed the runs, and it came through at that exact moment. And I leapt out of my fucking skin, like I was I was as happy. Yeah! I was I screamed his name. At full capacity and at <laughs> like extended on the length. Next field over for sure heard it. Right, and I'm just yelling his name and like ju- leaping, like I like literally. Like I don't leap. I'm a giant, fat, 200 pound man. Uh, but like, and and part of me is worried in retrospect that like. Like, I'm taking a dump on the other dugout, basically, right? Like, right. I'm, I'm seeming like I'm an oh, asshole yeah, for right. screaming yeah. this kid's name. But, yeah. but but I'm not. I'm just yeah. as genuinely happy for right. another human being as I can remember ever having been, period. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure that I have been this happy for someone else before. Right. But I don't think I was happier. Right. I don't think that that's possible. Well, maybe not that suddenly, you know. Right, and not out of nowhere, right. certainly. <laughs> Right, but I was that happy when my brother and, and my brother and sister in law had a baby, and everybody was healthy and happy, and I was thrilled about that. Right. But I had a fucking year to get ready for that. Right. And that's just like the way that that's good. You have a baby. Right. Right. It and was, also, I mean, it's, it's th- this so is so much fun. I'm making him do it again in fall because I'm having so much fun. Oh, they a, do it twice a year, so they're, they're they're. Yeah, it's it's a little different in fall, from what I understand. But it is so fun just to be at the game. The reason yeah. we're late tonight is because we went to the championship, to the, yeah. a game that no none of our children were playing in. Right. Right. Although I to be fair, I went because I wanted to see the asshole coach in the league lose. And I was confident. Oh, that, that was the other team? Did did yeah. I guess yeah, it's only five teams, so you got to play them. Totally nice on the team. Okay. It's just a lot of fun. And and I look forward to doing it again. I mean it's a it's also a fucking nightmare. Like I agonize over the stupid oh, lineups. Yeah. He hasn't slept before the night before or after a game. Yeah, I don't. Season. I sleep incredibly poorly. There's 48 hours around any game, which means that like for the last six days, I don't, I've probably averaged like four hours of actual sleep every night. If you were a uh, major league like manager, you'd probably have a heart attack like two years into your t- stint. Like my God! Yeah, I'll absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. With the money, it chills. Yeah, the you money out a does make bit, it easier. Right. <laughs> Your not, body doesn't have money. You have in, your body. Not a lot like, of money so in this stressed? league. <laughs> no, not this league. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, it was a good season, uh, Calvin. They and they all progressed. That was the like. They, they, I'm not a person who gets proud about things, so I'm not like proud of myself or anything uh, along those lines. And it and it's gratifying in certain ways, but also gratification is not a feeling that. Like that emotion doesn't play in me for whatever reason. Yeah, I feel like a sociopath when I hear people talk about gratification in that way, uh, because I just don't experience it. But it was it was a lot of fun, and all of the kids got better. At least any of the ones who showed up to practice at any point along the way. And, and yeah, we lost to in in our semifinal game after that thrilling victory that we had uh, the other night. We ended up losing on Tuesday night to the eventual league champion. And that was a third game that we played against them. And this one went, what was it? Nine to four or something like that. Yeah, it was close. It's a close game. And we were missing our best player. One of the best players. No, it's, he's our best player. We were missing hitter. Yeah. He's the best player. We're missing our best player. And we were missing another like top half player. 
on top of that. Yeah. And then and also two other players. So my daughter, Katie, who doesn't belong in the league, had to suit up and oh, play in the outfield for us. She's a when they like bring the kids. Yeah, we called her up from the from the minors. Yeah. In the middle of a game, you know, just walk off the field, everybody cheers, you wave bye. That was good. And she 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 fouled a couple of off. She didn't she didn't get a hit in the championship game, but she she fouled a couple of off. Which is embarrassing for her because off. she got to where Bob was pitching to her. Right. So oh, she should she be was, able to hit. She those. was bummed. She should have been able to hit. But anyway. Fun, fun, fun. That's why we're here on a Wednesday night instead of on a Monday night. I want to, I suppose, transition into some news of the day. Uh, let's do the dumbest thing first. Mm. Let's do the dumbest thing only. I want to talk see, about TV and go to bed. I want to see if I can summarize this incredibly quickly, and then we can talk about the more general question around it rather than the particulars of this case, because this case is fucking stupid, and it's been going on for I think six days now. And also, if this is the sort of content you're here for, this is well covered in, in many other podcasts across what you might consider our sort of lane of media criticism and complaining about this sort of thing. Except uh, uh, the Biffler. You're not going to find it there. No, you won't find this over on the Biffler, certainly. Uh, David Weigel, I believe is how you pronounce the name. Dave Weigel it, it, is uh, a... Did, did you confirm that? Because I never... Wa- he, that's the kind of name I don't say out loud because I don't know how, how you how say do you it. Spell it. It's W E I G E L. I'm I'm like ninety nine percent confident it's Weigel. Weigel. Yeah. Weigel. Is he Jewish? I don't know. Maybe Weigel. Pretty sure it's Dave Weigel. He's a reporter for the Washington Post. He's worked for a dozen other publications uh, in the last twenty years, including Slate, and you know it, it, he wrote for. Uh, Reason.com, he sort of has moved around the ideological spectrum a bit, I think it's safe to say, but is uh, in general now considered a liberal-leaning, almost leftist-type reporter. He's a good writer. I've, I've enjoyed reading his stuff through the years. Is he on the straight side or on the opinion side? Like he's He sort of is allowed to straddle both sides, I think, okay. as far as that goes. Dave has got a personality. He's not a complete. He's not fucking Peter Baker of the New York Times. Right, not on, a complete stiff on social media. He's is willing to reveal something of himself and his personality and his sense of humor online, and it's part of the brand. Right. And also, it can get you in trouble from time right. to time. He has been in trouble before. He got fired from the Washington Post back ten years ago, or something like that. He was on a list serve uh, with Ezra, Ezra Klein was running this email list, and somebody leaked a bunch of emails from the list serve, and it revealed that he had been uh, making fun of conservatives, and he was at the time writing a blog for the Washington Post website, where he was his beat was covering conservatives, right? right. And so there was already this preloaded idea among certain conservative types that. Weigel was against them. The, right. the tone of his coverage. bias, right, right, professionally. And so when these emails leaked, and the ones that leaked in particular were him dumping on a number of different prominent conservatives uh, at the time and, and going back into the 90s, 
And so that confirmed what everybody thought about Dave Weigel. And so the Washington Post saw no recourse uh, but to give him the heave-ho because he no longer had the standard of objectivity necessary to cover the beat that he had been assigned to. Right. Now, of course, Ezra Klein came to his defense to a certain extent saying, look, that was just a handful of emails we could have leaked – if you saw the entire output of Dave Weigel and what he does in this listserv, you could easily draw a different conclusion as he is happy to dump on just about right. anybody. Uh, but because all of the emails that leaked were about conservatives, then it drew this one particular picture. Uh, apparently kind of an unfair one, but and also whatever. It's because of that pre-existing assumption that he was like this. Basically, this is like, proof of that assumption so like you saying that if if you saw the the bigger picture you you would see that he dumps equally or or whatever that's not gonna work because it's like yeah he said other things but he also said this thing and uh we've long suspected he was this kind of guy and this right. proves it so there's really no other way out of that right and this it's a it's a perfect complement to what's going on this week which is a another thing where the idea is that he has somehow revealed something about himself by uh, retweeting something that is in poor taste. And and so that that's sort of the background. What happens is, and I'll see if I can get this timeline correct and concise so that we don't have to talk about it very much. Basically, Dave Weigel retweeted something. It was a joke by a YouTuber named Cam Harless, who I've never heard of and I've never seen anything of, Same. except for this one tweet. Yeah. And the the joke, the tweet was simply, uh, all women are bi, you just have to figure out if it's sexual or polar. Uh. <laughs> right? So that's the that's the entire joke. And I know your instinct right there is to say, oh, well, that's not a very good joke. Right. right? What's the punchline? I guess uh, the, I don't get what or polar. All women bisexual are bi. Or bipolar. Yeah. You just have to figure out if it's bisexual I or bipolar, okay. right? Okay. So that's the joke. Uh, it's a the the form of the joke is bitches be crazy right. or bitches be sluts, right? That's right. that's the underlying right. uh, misogyny of the oh. joke. In my opinion, knowing nothing about Cam Harless. It's such a bad joke that the joke is about it being a bad joke, that it's it's something that your stupid uncle says on the porch or something like that, and he doesn't actually mean, but it's just a stupid play on words, right? right? And the joke is that it's not a very like a good mug. joke. Like it would be on a mug. Right. It would right. be on your uncle's coffee mug. Right. It's that level of stupidity. And if I found it funny at all, which, of course, now I can't tell if I did. I don't remember. But if I did, if I chuckled at all in the moment of first reading it, it was at that level of meta remove. Right. I don't think you would even – I knowing what I know about you, I don't think you would find that anything. Like, also, there, there's – You would think it was funny. There, there seems to be like the, the, the step below that. Like if you just like, oh, it's a stupid joke, but okay, like just – as you're consuming the content, yeah. but like the retweet is basically saying, not only did I get a chuckle out of this, but I suspect my followers will write I me. Mean, what, what is a retweet other than like, hey, man, look at this? So like, if you're not right. following the YouTube person, it's no and, a retweet. It sort of implies agreeing with it. So right. except that, like, even the, though like the, on, the, on, the, on the Twitter bios they say retweet retweets are not endorsements, right? right. Of right. course. 
And I, like, I could see, like, like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's the right. thing. It doesn't fucking matter, right? right? right. And, it, and, and that's why I said, like, at first I thought, man, that's a stupid joke. But actually, it's one of the most successful jokes ever told now, right? Because it is, this, this one stupid joke has caused an absolute fucking meltdown in, inside the newsroom right. of one of the two major newspapers in this country, right? right? It was so, a reaction to that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the genesis, but right. yeah. So by, if, if by the standard of, like, causing a reaction, that's how we're going to judge the joke. Right. We, you cannot deny the power of this stupid right. fucking joke, right. which is just a stupid play on words that relies on tropes that are so fucking tired and stupid that my assumption is that it is a joke about um, how but, stupid and tired right. the tropes are, right? right? Like, that's how dumb it is that in my head I can't even imagine a 35-year-old man, like, thinking, oh, this is fucking clever, right? right? No, it's a joke about it not being clever. But who knows, right? right. I don't fucking know. That's but, me being generous, right. I guess. If 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 that is indeed the case, Weigel Weigel, uh, I guess realized that he couldn't use that as an exa- as a justification, right? He could say, "No, no, no, right. no I'm, I'm laughing. It's a you know, it's the other way. Right. The juice is not worth the squeeze yeah. in this case, right? Yeah. Like the, the the potential fallout and harm from not not the actual harm of the fucking joke, which is none. It doesn't exist. Right. What are you talking about? Right. But like the potential damage to his reputation, he thought was was too great, and so. He deleted the retweet. He right. he unretweeted it. It does not appear anywhere in Dave Weigel's Twitter history. He as if that the fucking bell, matters. Which is not possible. Right. And one of his colleagues at the post tweeted a screenshot of him having retweeted it at some point in the extremely recent past right. and said something to the effect of can't can't tell you how great it is to work in a newsroom where this sort of thing is acceptable, right? Where right. where People like Dave Weigel are allowed to say this sort of thing in public and get away with it. Right. This is uh, Felicia Sanmez. She has her own sort of convoluted history. I'll put a couple of links in the show notes if you are desperate to read an 8,000-word essay uh, reported piece by Emily Yaffe at Reason.com from a few years ago. I don't know why you would be desperate, but I did it. So I, I read the 8,000-word piece at Reason.com this week. On this person who made a big thing it, about she she plays week? she plays a sort of tertiary role in the destruction of a journalist's reputation from the me too era right so oh. a few a few years ago she helped get she helped ruin this guy's life like there's no there's no charitable way of putting it uh he did something now, did he like retweet something or did her, he do something no, no no her claim is that he sexually assaulted her oh. And her specifically. Her specifically. Oh. And that, that established a pattern of rape behavior by this guy. And like I said, I'm not going to say his name because I don't – whatever. It doesn't matter. Is he in the but, industry still or has he uh, ruined – No, out of he's home? fucking completely lost his okay. career. He's, he's, he's His entire life has been destroyed by this, these various allegations. And if you read the piece and you can read some other pieces as well that puts everything into context, in my opinion, he got railroaded unfairly. But but you can make up your own mind. I'll put a. No, you're not going to do that. Nobody yeah. <laughs> nobody's going to fucking read these links. Making up your mind costs eight thousand words. Her, actually, they have extremely different opinions about what happened, and for what it's worth, in my opinion, she was not at all being forthright in her recollection of the thing that happened, and further. 
anytime somebody says, I thought one thing at the time, but upon reflection, I've sure. decided that it was actually this other thing, then I'm like, no. Like, you, you, don't, you don't get to decide that even though you were okay with this thing at the time, that, that you took some – you took responsibility. You, and, and, and reading a, a recount of the event, you took honest responsibility for your role in what ended up being a negative experience for you. You don't get to then three years later go back and say, actually, this was all your fault, guy, right? That, that actually, in retrospect, I bear absolutely no responsibility for this. And in fact, you bear all of the responsibility. Uh, I, and again, it, if, if you assume that a sexual assault happens, then the words that just came out of my mouth are disgusting and unacceptable, right? But, <laughs> but if instead you assume that there was an interaction between hu- two uh, actual real life human beings who at the time both felt weird about it afterwards and then later uh, would go on to have completely different understandings of the thing. Like, I don't think that what I just said is disgusting. It's just, it's normal human interaction, right? We are, are, it's just what we do. Anyway, if you want the full picture, there's plenty to fucking read and it will be in the show notes. The point here, uh, as it relates to Weigel, is that this Sanmez character goes on an extended Twitter fight about this, demanding accountability or what have you. Publicly, and, right? Uh, I mean, did, did... Very publicly, right. This was not something... She claims that Dave Weigel is a close personal friend and this brings her no pleasure or what have you. <laughs> but if you're a close personal friend, send the guy a fucking text message or an email right. and be like, hey, Dave, what the fuck, man? Like, like if that if it bothers you that he retweeted a, a dirty joke that you you find personally offensive, then reach out to him and say something to him. But but no, that of course you can't do that because he's already unretweeted it. He's already fucking apologized for the fucking thing. So the point at this point is not to for this person to show contrition. It's that he must be uh, ran up into the town stocks and be made to pay for what he has revealed about himself right. under the surface. Because of course, it's not just about the action it's about what this says what this reveals about the person right how now i no longer feel safe in the same newsroom with this person because of the way that they've portrayed their feelings about women writ large like no he just thoughtlessly retweeted a joke that he fucking chuckled at it doesn't say anything about his goddamn character she continues on this for day after day and the, the editor of the Washington Post issues a statement about it, and that's not good enough either. And she makes a point about how that's not good enough either. And so, now uh, the, the secondary response from the Post is that he should be uh, suspended for 30 days. So he's going to lose a month's salary. Right. And I, I, I cry your fucking crocodile tears for the, for the elite journalist class or whatever. But, like, you're going to lose 8 9% of your annual earnings right. over a stupid retweet? Right. Are you kidding me? Do you know what a deranging event that is on a person's life? Like, even when it's just like, oh, shit, now I have to co- cover the full freight to my health care for this month that otherwise would be covered by the employer, right? Like, right. like that's the sort of thing that it doesn't just set you back a month. Right. This could set you back three fucking months. Right. And I, I suspect that – what is her name, uh, the, the reporter that uh, – Felicia Sonmez. Felicia. Uh, I suspect that she wouldn't say this is what I wanted, but it seems like the constant like pointing because this is like a stupid thing to whatever retweet, but whatever people say do dumb things, right? So it's, it seems like not that big of an infraction, but somebody took offense to it, which you're entitled to do. But like 
the constant harping on it, like she wanted like something, like not necessarily a pound of flesh, but like something more robust than just some like statement that Washington Post released. When I came aware of this ridiculous back and forth, I don't know, these newsrooms not have like a don't make it about you kind of mantra. What the fuck is all this, right? There's been too many of these things where journalists and reporters are just sniping at each other for some reason instead of just reporting the news. But like there was... A third reporter was uh, kind of coming at the guy's defense to say, like, yeah, the person fucked up, but, like, th- there's right. no so, way so to go to about it. So, to be clear, this third, guy, this third guy is a marginalized individual in almost every conceivable way, right? He's a, he's a racial minority. I, I think he's either—I don't know if he's an immigrant or his parents were immigrants or whatever. Uh, he's a, a sexual minority. I believe he's a homosexual person. He's young, whatever. He is a protected class in a million different fucking ways. And he publicly, of course, says uh, – he's quote-tweeting something that Felicia had, had, had tweeted. Like, is this really the way? Like, th- th- this, this can't possibly be the sort of environment that you want to create because it gives the impression of uh, bullying and, and harassment – in response to what's just a stupid joke. Right. What, what is a joke that, by the way, he says he takes great personal offense to, right? Right. So he's trying to ally like, himself yeah, yeah. with We're the, the people who are— Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. We're on the same page here, but is this really how we want to handle this? She then turns on him right. and, and as, like, even far more vociferously than she was had, had turned on Weigel in the first place because now there's fucking blood in the water. Right. And she sees this as a personal attack on her, which is fucking hilarious, of course. And I don't – again, I don't want to play the stupid soap opera game of like this is the bad person and this is the good – because fuck these people. I don't don't care. But like on one level, what the fuck is happening? As you were saying, what is going on at the Washington Post where this is is allowed to happen? And further, what do we think is the point of social media? Like and and that like that that sounds like a fucking crazy open-ended and stupid question to ask. But like is it supposed to be this entirely sanitized space right. where we cannot expect to run into anything that could offend us if it's also possible that that will impact somehow it will impact This is the point of social media. My feeling of safety at my workplace right. because of a stray thought that some other like it's it's to me I can't help but see it in any way but as a totalitarian instinct to control the thoughts and expressions of everyone else around you right. when you want to control your well, it's environment controlling that the much. discourse and it's working right now I mean this vindicates the Peter Bakers of the world when it comes to online engagement right basically just keep it as generic as possible don't like express yourself in any way because if a retweet can cost you a month like i mean if he had said it and not just retweeted it it would have been a much more a bigger deal right so but that's the that's the question this is where we get into mikey uh mikey we get into mike barbara not mike barbara who am i thinking of (laughs) oh this is where we get into Mike Pesca territory, okay. right? Yeah. It's Jersey names. Yeah, it's Mike, the, that's Mikey the problem. Pesca. They're very Jersey names, both of them, Pesca and Barbara. <laughs> Mike Pesca, who hosts The Gist, a yeah. uh, daily podcast that I, I sort of pick and choose from. But it's uh, reliably, it's a good listen. Yeah. It's not me denigrating it. it. It's Almost just, daily, yeah. yeah. He's, just a, he's a terrific interviewer. It doesn't matter. A lot of the times I see the subject matter for the day, and I'm like, I don't. 
fucking 38 minutes? Like, I like your opener and I like your closer, but are we really going to do 25 minutes with some guy who wrote a book about something that I just do not care at all about? Uh, but he's a, he's a reliably good interviewer right. who's able, like, like he had a 25 minutes with some fucking horse racing analyst. And I don't give two shits about horse racing unless I'm capable of putting a stupid $20 bet on it on my phone, you know? <laughs> like, I could not care less about that topic. But I listened to the 25-minute interview that he had with this guy anyway because he's very good right. at finding interesting things to ask of people who are expert in their subject matter. He's he's like the last line of defense for the concept of experts, right? right. <laughs> like he's he's very very good at talking to people who know what they're talking about and getting them to explain to the world uh, what's interesting about what they're studying. Anyway, that's not the point. Mike Pesca got kicked out of his gig at Slate a couple years back or a year and a half back or what have you because he made his workplace uncomfortable with his own presence, right? That, that's effectively but that, the long and the short of that it. That came second. The, the, what precipitated the, oh, now that I think of it, uh, he makes me feel uncomfortable, was that he came to the defense of some New York Times guy who went on a trip and like repeated a word. It was was that not him? Like yeah, it, it was the the N word controversy yeah. with the science reporter for the New York Times, right. the Pulitzer Prize winning right guy whose name at the moment is escaping me. Dan uh, Don some 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 guy Don McGann Don McGann that's it Look Don McGann that. good job brain uh, but it was that and then they kind of worked backwards because I don't remember I mean I wouldn't know because I'm not in that work environment but like I don't remember there being anything until that happened and they're like well we need to kind of uh tighten up our arguments so let's say he did this other thing again I don't right. know and we discussed we discussed this at length in yeah, a previous episode yeah. and the the only reason that I'm bringing it up is that it became untenable for slate like once he was suspended right. I think that I sent you a text like he's never going to fucking work at Slate again. Right. Like that was – I'm sure that we can find that in the archive of our stupid text chat. I'm sure we'll find me saying, ah, I'm sure he'll blow over. Right, right. I'm sure he'll <laughs> blow over. He'll be back. I was right uh, in the roundabout way. <laughs> right. He never went back to Slate. He never set foot right. in Slate But he kept uh, his in podcast a Slate feed. newsroom again. I never – I didn't have to subscribe to him twice. So that's a victory. Right. The point being, like, that's sort of the situation that Weigel is going to find himself in, which is if the Washington Post has decided that his action was so reprehensible as to merit uh, a suspension of a month, like, that's not fucking around, where you lose your livelihood for a month because of an accidental, arguably, like, uh, just a thoughtless retweet of a joke that was dumb, that you knew was dumb, like, and now you've lost your livelihood for a month. But the reason for that is because your colleagues don't feel safe with you in the newsroom. That's not going to be cured a month from now. Everything that Felicia Sanmez and the people who have her back think about Dave Weigel at the moment, they're going to think two weeks from now and two months from now and two years from now, right? Right. They've carved him into stone. How can they ever be comfortable with him in the newsroom again, Right. right? There's no way he can go back right. to that and job. Also, There's no way that the Washington Post can allow him back if they are assenting to the idea that he is causing harm to the other employees via his conduct. And by his conduct, we mean the nature of his character that he has revealed. Right. But do, do you think that the Felicias of the world, the people that kind of like do this pressure campaign over whatever— I don't want to go full the buffer here, yeah. but is 
is Felicia not sort of a perfect name? Like, if we can't have Karen, (laughs) Felicia's pretty close to being what you would expect here. But anyway, that's not the point. But, because I can't help but think that this is the desired outcome. Like, they don't want to go through any sort of orderly process. I've always said there should be, like, a these companies, like a social media, like, infraction schedule, right? You know, like the NBA, they have the common foul, then it's a flagrant one, a flagrant two, ejection immediately, like if you just stab somebody. You know, like there's a process in place. Yeah, but like the problem, though, is like, you know, because a dumb joke is one thing, but like uh, something awful, awful is another thing, you know? Right. But, but... Like the thinking, but, but so so in a, in your schedule of like in, in your like, and I agree to to the extent that Felicia Sanmez has is onto something here. Right. It's that there should be some fucking standard, right? There should be a clear guideline that everyone is held to, right? One way or another, and it shouldn't differ from the opinion side to the news side, right. like that. Like yeah, I, if you're gonna it's just if if you're going to be out there with Wapo on your Twitter handle, it's just the the nature of the game is you have to be held to the the same standard. And I don't think that they can split the baby and say that the the opinion side is allowed right. to behave yeah. one way and the news side is to, allowed to behave well, another. Like, because all these people personal... go on they go on Sunday shows, they go on cable right. news, and right? Like they they are people, and they're they representing. Yeah, because a lot of times people, oh, they're from the Washington Post or from the Atlantic or from the whatever. Like they represent, even if they're on the opinion side, they represent the the brand. Right, and so while I agree with Sanmez that there should be a a consistent standard applied to everyone, I'm trying to imagine what a social media policy looks like that accounts for something like an accidental retweet. I I just happened to be looking at my tweets and replies or whatever on on my Twitter feed the other day, and I saw something that I liked, allegedly, that... I had, I can't even remember having seen right, and so of course I I know like I'm scrolling Twitter when I'm falling half asleep. I'm scrolling. I'm looking at Twitter and my my thumb slips and I accidentally like something and I don't notice it. Right. Like you know like how do you account for all of the stupid things that you can accidentally do on your phone right. that you have no rational explanation for? Never mind like yeah. I retweeted that joke because I was offended by it. Like that's a thing, right? Because you don't do. know the there, there yeah, are entire right. accounts out there right. that are dedicated to rev- like lib- the whole libs of TikTok phenomenon, right? right? They they don't have a monopoly on that over on that account. People they have bits, right. right? They do things. They they point at things not because they agree with them, but because they think it's important that other people see them, right? In some way. But like how do, how do you possibly account? Be- and the reason is because you cannot account for the vast expanse that is a human person right in a social media policy right it's just impossible no, to do and i don't know it's not impossible it's i don't think it's impossible because the, under no circumstances if you went through an orderly process to adjudicate this big fucking thing about a retweet this stupid goddamn thing that we're making a, a thing of but like the worst possible outcome that could come of this infraction would be a written reprimand right that's the ceiling right now, if there is a repeated pattern of this type of thing, then it would go to the next level and the next level and the next level. But it seems like there was a want to bypass that. Because like, I think people will, oh, worst case scenario, he retweeted something bad. Don't do that. And then like a public kind of like scolding of like, we check, believe in blah, blah, blah. You know, one of those written statements that these companies come up with. But that would have been the end of it. But 
It seems Except like it's never the end of it, Abe. It's never the end of it because everything is everything. Right. Because everything is completely totalized right. now, right? So it's not just that he retweeted a bad joke that that a fifties comic would be ashamed to tell <laughs> yeah. uh, in a smoke-filled room, right? right? It's not just that. It's that he's revealed. This is something that we've talked about on this show for before it was this show right. in two thousand nine. We talked about how. When people say something accidentally or that, that seems improper, that it's not the thing that they said. It's what it reveals about the person inside is, is what, what people freak out about, right? right. That's in, in the way that racism and conversations about race, which allegedly we're just coming to for the first time in this country, right, can be a totalizing thing where a, a mere slip of a word or a, a mere right. misunderstood uh, reaction to something, or right. or the way somebody's eyes moved right. when somebody said something, right? Can like because they have these body language experts that come on, and so you would be looking at the body language expert on MSNBC explaining how the way that so and so did this actually reveals the right. underlying uncomfortable bit uncomfortability with uh the, the the racial makeup of the people in the room or something like that right right where where it's not just the thing that was actually done or said it's what it reveals about the person's character underneath right, right. it's just it, it's a way of completely totalizing everything and I don't know how you can account for that. I don't know how you can you can fix that. You don't go back from that. Right. Other than if media outlets like the Washington Post had an established kind of framework, again, it didn't have to be like specific, like, oh, if you retweet, it's this. But basically just a framework of how to go about doing things. They did the month thing just to put out the fire, right? Like, let's just, just fucking do it and... We'll just pay him back in a bonus quietly at the end of the year or something. You know, I don't know how legal that is, but like they just wanted to put the, put out the fire. But if they had a framework already established, then they can say, well, this falls in line with this kind of thing, and they're going to get a written reprimand, and we're going to release a public statement, and we're following yeah, the, the lawyers, process. The lawyers design these things to be impenetrable, and to so that they can make anything fit anything, right? I'm sure that there's a social media policy that they can say that the 30 day suspension is warranted based on this, and their lawyer, their lawyers will put it. Together together right right no no that's true but what i'm saying is the reason why they got the 30-day suspension is just to quiet the busybodies who were making a big mess that's the only reason right. why they which did by it. the way it didn't work right. like this it's a storm in a teacup except the teacup is all of american journalism right. right like it's it's completely meaningless except that it means everything to these people and it's all anybody on twitter can talk about this week right you which can, is completely fucking insane because it's it, again, it's kind of a silly thing, but there is a path kind of to to simplify things and just you can't have it be like a vigilante kind of system, which is what this is kind of is. Like if you raise a big enough stink, then you're gonna get whatever you want, or else, oh, I fear for like. By the way, I know this is an unfair comparison to make, and I'm gonna make it anyways. But like this, it create this person being there is going to create this hostile environment. It kind of reeks of, I fear for my life. Like it could be true, but it's likely bullshit. Like it's just this thing you're saying just to get what you want. Like, I mean, there are cases where people do actually feel that they are in a hostile workplace, but this is kind of getting thrown around just cavalierly now to where like, really like this guy retweeted something and now the job is like you're in peril. It could be true, but it just, I don't know. 
I'm not all all right. the way buying this that. This is also, I mean, and again, not to get back into the soap opera aspect of it, but like this is a woman who's sued the Washington Post. Like she's she's already had a hostile relationship with her employer at this point. And like the idea that you would do anything except fucking leave. Like if 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 you were serious about this, you would just go work somewhere else, right? People change jobs in this industry all the fucking time, right? But then now I'm uh, I can't do what you know what I love because of the, these bad actors or whatever. You know, she'll probably think of it in, in those terms. But what does she do again? I, I forgot. I didn't know you said this like 20 minutes ago. But like, what is she, is she like on the science beat or the culture beat? What does she do? She covers national politics and the White House, and she's specifically not allowed to cover sexual assault. So, so you, the only other time you might have run into this woman is when she was the unfair victim of another Washington Post policy from a few years ago. Because when Kobe Bryant died, she was the one who very prominently said, oh, that dude was a rapist, by the way. Uh, okay. So, so she was the one who, in the immediate aftermath of Kobe Bryant's uh, helicopter crash, where his daughter, he was killed along with his daughter and everybody else on the helicopter, she was the one who had the viral tweet that said, No kidding. By the way, uh, while we're all eulogizing the great Kobe Bryant, let's not forget that he was an actual rapist and, and on and on. How did that make her not qualified to cover sexual assault stuff? Because the post had decided that as somebody who'd spoken out loudly about her own sexual assault in the past and also that, 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 that somehow the Kobe thing and her speaking about her own sexual assault had disqualified her from have, being able to cover these sorts of stories objectively. Right. That's kind forward. of a fucked up standard. <laughs> right. It's bogus. And here's the, here's the best ironic thing about it is Weigel years ago – Came to her defense uh, no and, kidding. <laughs> and wrote uh, wrote a piece about how this was a bad decision by the Washington Post. Wow, it all comes full circle. Yeah. I don't want to make, again, as I'm sitting here complaining about the totalizing nature of social media and the way that we decide that everything is about everything all of the time. I don't want to, therefore, draw any direct connections from this story to anything else. Because I think largely most things are not about other things, uh, you fucking idiots. And you can stop making them about other things. Right. And also people say and do dumb things. Like no one, no one, I've said this before, no one is pitching a no-hitter, right? No one. Like just pretending otherwise is so silly. Because inevitably one of these people, someone's going to rummage through their past tweets or past statements and they're gonna do this thing that always happens like oh this one time right. you took this position and it's and crucially there's no harm here yeah there's no actual harm right there's a, it, it's impossible to imagine anything resembling real harm beyond a person feeling bad about what this other person might think if you decide that instead of it just being a thoughtless chuckle and a retweet is actually revealing of his inner character. And by the way, if that's how you're going about your life, that anything that somebody says in a in an unguarded moment is simply revelatory of everything about that person, you have chosen poorly. Right. Right. You, you, have, you have decided that you are a, a moral arbiter on a scale that to me, I, I can't even imagine. Right. And I walk around judging people <laughs> fucking constantly. Right. 
I, I, I just, I can't even Claim imagine. you don't do that. No, I don't. But, like, I, I, I actually don't. But, like, whatever. Anyway, like I said, I don't want to draw any unnecessary connections to anything else. But uh, we do, I want to say here before we start our wrap-up, tomorrow night, or tonight, if you're listening to this, as I publish it, basically, uh, Thursday night at 8 o'clock will be the primetime debut of the January 6th hearings. They've elected not to do this at the the boring 10 a.m. start time that most congressional hearings take place. They've hired a, a, a TV producer. This is going to be a primetime news so event. So lame. At 8 o'clock on Thursday. All of the cable networks will have it. Uh, the broadcast networks, I think, are going to cover it. Uh, the only ones who won't be covering it is Fox News. They will not be preempting any of their coverage, which I'm sure that there's plenty of outrage to be had about that particular decision. They they follow the similar model with uh, past hearings, like yeah, Benghazi. including like impeachment proceedings. I think. <laughs> what was their Benghazi hour count? Like it was something ridiculous, but. Uh... But I do wonder if uh, this, uh, if you move something to prime time and you get like the uh, what was it, the ABC News guy to kind of like help run the whole thing. If right. Basically, it's just mostly what people already know is what's presented. Like, wouldn't they be criticized on Friday to say what the fuck? Prime time is like for prime time stuff, you know? Like, you're just right. Like, cause it's likely I don't I don't know what the the con what they're gonna go over, but I suspect it'll just be like stuff we kind of know, but like in greater detail. Like there there's no bombshell that you know, like there's no like Trump tweeting to his right. uh, and not people, just not like, just us, roll. right? Not 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 just obsessive consumers of every little bit of of recently right. tweeted news. Right. It's going there, nothing new will be revealed about this in any meaningful way to anybody. And not just because there's not any actual news in there, right? But because everybody's already made up their fucking minds, right? right? There's absolutely no convincing anyone of anything when it comes to what happened on January sixth. But that's what yeah. everyone's mind has already been made up. Everyone's narrative is already set in stone. And and on top of that, sorry, just let me finish the thought yeah. so that we can close out the other thing. Yeah, is that. Everything is also about everything else, right? right? That, that, that the, the narrative is so totalizing that all of it is actually about everything, right? right. So the fact that, the, that the, the ABC News guy is there confirms everything that every conservative has ever thought about the mainstream media, right? right? That they're in, they're in literal concert with the Democrats to try to hang Trump out to dry. Right. And that it doesn't matter. Literally nothing that gets said during this hearing matters because they already know everything they need to know about it, right? right? The, the the only exception would be if there was some sort of bombshell kind of re- either revelation or like some like stunt like as we speak, you know, like 801 or whatever, we're arresting these three people and they're like <laughs> – there's camera footage right. they're banging, to – They're banging down Roger Stone's right. door again. They're banging <laughs> down Trump's door again. Right. So right. Th- short of that – it's foolish to take this approach. They should have just uh, done it live, like you know, in the ten a.m. You know, through yeah. the morning, and then the nightly news will will piece together yeah. anything Separate. interesting. Package it into an eighteen-minute thing for the prime time right. news to, to to do their thing with. And by the way, 
This is not the Nixon White House that we're dealing right. with, right? This isn't a super secretive plan to to, to fuck Let's with. Let's go march down to the Capitol. Right. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> he does everything on Twitter right. or in front of the cameras. Right. He wasn't hiding anything. And this is, it's like classic mistake for Democrats and the media to make. Like, like as though just simply recounting the truth is what's going to finally like we got him right. like no you will never get him you don't understand and pretending like this is a big fucking deal and we're going to do it on primetime news uh and the fact the fact that it won't change anyone's mind actually works against you right because it just allows trump to say ah oh, there's fucking nothing here. Right. What do they have? My fucking tweets. Right. They have video of the speech that I gave right. on the ellipse. Like what? What are you talking about? That was all in public. I said all of those things, and I deny that they are the things that I said. Right. So fuck you. Right. What are you talking about? You've got nothing, right. in other words. And, and I'm telling you, if it 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 is indeed that, which is I think the most likely scenario, like the this ABC news person is a fucking dummy. He should have advised them to bump into the mornings and and do it that way right let's see let's run through the screenshots here real quick california man carrying at least one weapon near brett kavanaugh's maryland home was taken into custody by police uh this morning or late late last night he uh apparently told officers who arrested him that he wanted to kill the supreme court justice uh, he's in his mid-20s founding weapons and or at least one weapon and burglary tools <laughs> What are these burglary tools? Crowbar. A yeah, crowbar. Probably crowbar. Like the there was one article that said that this incident was like overnight, like one a.m., and right. that at some point he was saying that he was suicidal, but he also wanted to kill. I, I don't know. The story doesn't make. He wanted to kill Brett Kavanaugh yeah. because of the leaked memo or the leaked decision from Alito. None of which makes any fucking right. sense. Right? Like, how did that connect uh, to Kavanaugh? This person is not totally not crazy. Like, right. and and because an uh, obviously mentally unwell individual had delusions of homicidal grandeur uh, and thought he was going to be some sort of fucking hero. This, of course, confirms everything that conservatives believe about liberals. Uh, in, in terms of, does it confirm what they believe about gun control, though? Right. So, and that's the other thing. You go look at any of these fucking tweets and you all of the awful fucking replies yeah well why don't well, the i guess the conservatives so much for privacy huh conservatives uh, i guess maybe you want that privacy now huh it's all so fucking stupid <laughs> i don't assume uh, those are I bots I, you know not human right, i don't i don't think that uh this says anything about anything besides right. that this is a crazy person with a gun right abe another screenshot Ibram X. Kendi is speaking oh, in Decatur. Boy. That's right. June 18th, he's going to be at, <laughs> I think it's just a bookstore. Yeah. Look, we don't have a, a great, I don't. I assume this is a, a ticketed paid event. We don't have a big budget uh, in the show. <laughs> like we, there's not a lot of petty cash floating around. But you got to go to this fucking I know. thing, man, it, one way or another. I'm, I'm uh, seriously considering going just... I don't even care what he has to say. I just want to kind of get a good look at all of the people in the audience because, like, I have a picture in mind, and I think it's I'm going to hit it exactly right. Like, in, I'm not going to be surprised. The book that he's promoting, it's not how to be an anti-racist or how to make anti-racist babies. It's a new book from Ibram X. Kendi 
Uh, you are perhaps familiar, audience, with the very, very popular children's book, Goodnight Moon, which its its particular hold on the goodnight book culture sort of escapes me. I don't I don't think it's particularly you good. Say goodnight to all the things in the room. Right. You just that you read it to your fucking eighteen month old saying goodnight to all of they the things in the room. Love it. And they love it. They don't get it. Anyway, this book is called Goodnight Racism. Uh, and apparently that warrants a whole discussion, uh, which, Abe, I mean, it's decay. It's very close. Uh, Your neighborhood. I know. It's a holiday weekend, too. I'm, I'll look into it. Got to get out there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Republican Rep. Chris Jacobs has announced he will not run for Congress after he lost the support of conservatives following comments that he would back a ban of AR-15s and raising the age of gun ownership to 21. Another another Republican hero immediately saying, I will do the right thing and I will quit. Right. <laughs> oh, all right. I think we can do this fairly fucking quickly, actually. All right. um, even though this is a bigger story. Fucking theocratic totalitarian asshole Matt Walsh who works for Ben Shapiro's outfit over there at the the Daily Wire. By the way, the Uh, first time I've ever heard of him was through you. I didn't remember that stupid face. Yeah, he does have a stupid fucking face. You're right about that. Uh, Anyway, he's come out with a new documentary. The whole Daily Wire crew has come out with this documentary. It's called What is a Woman? And this is a reaction to... (laughs) The Supreme Court hearings from a few months back where it seemed like the Supreme Court nominee, Katanji Brown-Jackson, was not interested in answering the question, uh, what is a woman? It was a stupid gotcha question, of course, but it did produce a great deal of content for shitty right-wingers. And uh, Matt Walsh picked up that ball and ran with it all the way to fucking Africa, where he took a camera crew and interviewed African tribesmen and tried to get them to understand the American concept of transgenderism and like a man being a woman or a woman being a man, that sort of thing, with, you know, predictable man on the streets slash dirt roads. No, we don't think that. Africa results. Yeah, I know. Why did he go all the way there for that? Well, he Find went all the, the way there. That- didn't want to talk about because the of the insistence people. by many liberal types that uh, the gender binary is an American concept and that there are much uh, more advanced uh, societies out there in the world, including uh, native tribes, native to where, well, you know, uh, native places, <laughs> I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, who who have much more advanced notions of uh, what is and is not uh, what it means to be a woman or a man. Anyway, the point here is simply that you fucking idiots, you cannot allow Matt Walsh <laughs> this easy of a fucking meatball, right. right? Like, it's it's just not hard to define what is a man and what is a woman in, in relatively simplistic terms without having to go down the road of allowing Matt Walsh to say, to, to interview 50 different fucking, so not not just indigenous tribes people of various uh, African descents, but in fact go and talk to uh, academics and uh, women's studies people and sociologists and anthropologists where they just refuse to answer simple questions about the differences between men and women. Like, you, you can't make it this easy for people. Are they, 
are, are they like refusing to answer like biologically or like just like identity wise? Yeah, he's going to talk to people who legitimately believe or at least say they pretend. That's it's the clearly thing. the second it's thing. It's all fucking Nobody, pretend. Yeah. These people, these people are pretending that biology is downstream from culture. And I've said that expression before, and you might think that it's insane until you actually read some of this stuff, where people are asserting that biology is downstream from culture. And it's just there's just no reason to give but people was- like Matt Walsh a win. So I'm wondering, because there's no scenario where anyone actually believes it, right? So it's like you're saying it because it answers something or it fixes a problem. Because if you give that concession that or just reality, it's going to undercut the other argument. Is that what they're concerned of? Right. It's the entire problem of moral clarity as dri- as driving everything about the world, right. right? Because I'm sorry, there are simply questions that do not involve your personal moral intuition, right? right? There is, in fact, a set of objective facts about the physical world that just are. And like it's, I, I get it. It feels bad sometimes when people uh, weaponize those facts to their own ends and make other people feel bad about themselves or what have you. It doesn't change the reality on the ground, right? right. And you need to find another approach than simply denying right. the facts of physical reality. Because that's this the- is not this is not a winning approach. Right. The the winning approach is not to pretend that everything is a social construct. It's not to go down the the, the Foucault route of insisting that there is no such thing as anything except power that language is just about power and that if you just take re- if you just grab control of the language then you will actually dictate reality right. like you will lose you will continue to lose and it's a it's a shitty world that we're living in where now it seems like the, the trajectory that we're on is that there are people who are going to recognize the physical reality of the world and there are those that who will deny it right. and either you're on that team or the other team right. and you're a bigot if you're not on the right team right. It's fucking insane. Right. And 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 if you're you're so concerned, I don't want to be on Matt Walsh's <laughs> team. Sorry, well, sorry for interrupting you. I don't want to be on that fucking cocksucker's what team. Do you, what do you think of it as a team? Like, is this the position? Because because they think of it as a team, right? I guess that's true. They're but- gonna put me on his team. <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah. Like, it's and it's not it's not me putting myself on that team. These assholes are gonna put me on that cocksucker's right. team. Right. But I, I would imagine that. Look, maybe you don't have the right way to get around this inconvenient truth but like whatever cost you're paying because i i i'm not starting to see what their concern is because they're like if you make the biological concession which is the most obvious thing there's no way around it it's not a matter of fact or whatever it's just i mean it's not a matter of opinion but it's it, it is what it is right but if you make that that concession then the next thing a matt walsh type will say is so you admit it trans women not really really women I mean, they're women because they say so, but they're not really women. So that is too big of a cost to bear. So as a trade-off, you're going to just deny reality? Like, how's that a preferable—like, just eat the cost right? the other way? And also, for what it's worth, 
it's way more interesting than you're allowing it to be, right? Like, biological sex is fucking weird. Right. And, and yeah, there are all sorts of different things going on there where you can have interesting discussions about it. And, yeah, you can trick male tits into producing uh, milk. Right. Like, there are documented cases of people taking hormones. Right. And, and the, the man who was once a man who's now a transgender woman can actually nurse a child. Like, it's fucking insane right. the way that the human body works. Right. That doesn't mean that women aren't a thing. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean that we invented the concept overnight right. sometime in the fucking 50s or whatever. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Reality denying positions are not sustainable. Just like with the I mean, it had nothing to do with this. But like I sometimes will see people trying to like argue that you can weigh all the pounds in the world and you're just as healthy as anyone else. Basically, because they're trying to say that you shouldn't demean people or people should accept their bodies as they are, which is fine. But like when you're saying, Oh, it's healthy to be whatever, like that's not true. Right. I mean, they run numbers and say, Oh, your blood pressure is this way and cholesterol is that way. And you're going to die by the time you're 45. Right. But like you, you have to maybe go into a workshop group and come up with better arguments, but you can't just pretend things aren't real to solve a small problem. It's a small problem. Just live with a small problem. That's it. Abe revealing himself to be a fucking piece of shit turf <laughs> who should be eliminated from the face of the earth, as <laughs> as is our right. <laughs> You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Head on over to uh, brainiron.com or castironbrains.com. The opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. Uh, no big news out of the out of the show's Twitter account this week. No. Although, I did get some traction with a couple of replies. This is where I'm finding my niche on Twitter. I see niche. Niche is, uh, is replying to people. I can't stand the notion of uh, creating the content myself, but I'm getting a little bit of traction with, uh, with the Twitter replies. Uh, the, the hot tweet from the, the Cast Iron Brains account, which is, uh, if you just search at... I make it hard, of course. I make everything fucking difficult. <laughs> the handle is at CK underscore Taverner, which is a pseudonym. It's a, a, a pen name that I have for myself on the website. I posted a picture of, of Dave Weigel. There, there he is. Look at the, look at the gaze oh, upon is him. Is that him or like a just uh, – that's him. That's him. Okay. That's the man. This over overweight you know, sort of hedgehoggy looking fella. Person. I've seen that before. For some reason, when the first time I – Process that picture. I thought it was like a, a stock picture from an actor from some movie. Right. That, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. Right. You didn't think that could actually be the man. Uh, <laughs> but it was a split second decision. I didn't just stand there and analyze yeah. it. I'm like, oh, it must be one of those movies I haven't seen that this guy Robbie did. Uh, Suave, who uh, works for Reason, posted the following tweet What is the difference between the joke that got Weigel suspended from the Washington Post, quote, all girls are bisexual or bipolar? And the extremely popular men would literally do X instead of going to therapy joke. Should all the women who retweeted the latter lose their jobs, right? So he's, he's making a point about the hypocrisy right. here. No, because all men should go to therapy. Right. And my response was to zoom in tightly on Dave Weigel's face <laughs> and, and just post a picture of Dave Weigel's face and say... I really don't think you can possibly appreciate the unfathomable power this man wields. Gaze upon him and try to fathom it. And then I, I present you with his 
his fucking <laughs> stupid face, right? The irony there being, now again, I will explain the joke. The irony being that this is a doughy, stupid-looking man with a bad mustache and a big, curly mop of hair who is a, he's a, an absurd person to look at. But the idea that Felicia Sanmez is rolling with is that he is a person who wields just an unconscionable amount of power in right. the culture, and he must be dealt with appropriately. Anyway, that got, that got 22 likes on Twitter, wow, Abe, and it was seen... By fourteen thousand accounts. It's not a very high percentage of of likes or whatever. To... Twenty two likes, uh, fourteen thousand impressions, fifteen profile visits as a result of that tweet, oh. and zero new followers. <laughs> I wonder the profile visit. Right. Was it to like report you? Who did it work for? I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. That's right. <laughs> That's what I don't follow very many accounts either. I only follow a few hundred accounts. But I wonder what I have to do to stick on the old. Uh, Twitter header or whatever right. that would convince any of the dozens of people who visit the profile every week uh, to click the fucking follow button. And I, I don't know what it I is. I think it's the underscore. I hardly follow anyone with an underscore. Yeah, you <laughs> skip out Racist. anybody with the underscore. Racist. Uh, my pinned tweet, as long as we're talking about the Twitter account. We don't have to. Oh, we, we're going to do it, though. The pinned tweet. So Andrew Yang, everybody remembers Andrew Yang, right? Of course you do. He was the Asian fellow who wanted to be the Democratic nominee yeah. for president. Yeah, the math guy, right? Why can't I say that? This is just true. You wouldn't. He has now founded a third party called the Forward Party. Not left, not right, but forward. Get it? Right. I do he, get it. I get that one. Uh, you don't have to explain that one, actually. Back in October, he posted a tweet that was simply NFTs. And then he tagged Forward Party. So the, the whole tweet is just Andrew Yang tweeting NFTs and then tagging Forward Party. This had uh, 1,500 likes, which is a pretty small amount of likes for, for someone like Andrew Yang. I quote tweeted Andrew Yang's NFTs thing with a shot from the movie The Graduate. Nice. When the uh, the Dustin Hoffman character is enduring a talk from a from a, a, a gross old man who says he I, I want to say one word to you son I just want to say one word to you just one word yes sir are you listening yes sir you plastics he's telling him to go into plastics because it's a growth industry and of course the idea is that this guy's a fucking idiot now he it turns out super fucking right he's super right, right but it doesn't make him any less right. of an asshole idiot right. to corner somebody at his graduation party and say plastics and the uh, the idea behind my tweet is that that's what andrew yang <laughs> is doing when he says <laughs> nfts it's a fucking tremendous yeah. tweet yeah. like like uh, it's 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 meta it's a good joke you need to sort of know something but you don't have to know too much you just have to know like one of the best american movies of the 20th century in order to get the joke and it has it has received zero likes in this entire time at the top of my fucking profile i've been driving right. people to that tweet for months and i get nothing you know it's, it is weird how there are some references people get automatically even though they have no they actually haven't seen the show or the movie or the yeah. book it just like certain yeah. references just kind of exist of and people know We're regardless old. and this is like yeah. not one of them like it's like people it's probably who watched the movie 
would not... Yeah, they're not on Twitter looking at you. It's a great fucking tweet. No, it's Fuck a great you, tweet. is what I have no, to I'm say. I'm not that. saying no, no. it's not great. I'm just... <laughs> this is another one where if you have to explain the joke... I know. But that's the thing. All of my jokes require explanation. This is my problem. No, they as, don't. Some <laughs> as of them comedian. are good. <laughs> Obviously, my you jokes require me, explanation. You texted me one of the funniest things the other day. Yeah, you but, didn't have to explain so, that. So except it's a good that, joke. So what Lori is talking about here... First of all, uh, you guys, I said at the start, I didn't want to go too long tonight because it's already late. And you guys have talked so fucking much tonight. You've not allowed me to get a word in edgewise. We're well into hour three now. This is all your fucking fault. Do you, do you also, want to talk about the I got a, joke that you sent me? Yes, or? I do. But I got a text from Jerry last or the, in the past week complimenting us on a great episode of the podcast. Which one? The one that we, we, the dour fucking hour and a half of us talking about dead kids. Oh, yes. And mm. so, of course, I get a compliment saying, what a great job we did. And I have to pivot immediately to two hours of rambling, shouting nonsense you, about Bob, nothing of import. Is, no, I get, I get a you compliment. are just so pumped about the baseball season, and I can tell, and it's cute. But you are just feeling yourself right now, and that's okay. No, it's just trying to. It, it was a purposeful, attitudinal shift after last week, which was a bummer. It was such a bummer of an episode that I couldn't even listen to it. I didn't bother. Like I, I listened, I listened to it like the first twenty minutes. I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. This is <laughs> you just this is not helping. Me that feels me like at all. so much longer than a week ago. It was only two days longer. Yeah, it was anyway, nine days ago. Talk about this fucking joke. No, that Abe you was going to say something in response to me, and as usual, I have to give him the floor. <laughs> no, I just. I was gonna say you just dumped an episode into the public, just like yeah, fuck it. You guys listen to it. I'm, I'm sure it was. No, I edited it. No, I no no no. I edited it. I didn't just. Oh, okay. I didn't just present. I like, us this is the first twenty minutes. It's like oh fuck this. Just, no no no. I listened to the whole fucking okay. slog. What I'm saying is I I didn't go didn't back and double check the edit okay. as I usually would. Anyway, uh, let's let's go ahead and explain my text message Jesus joke. <laughs> It was 1981. No, go ahead. It's of of the same theme here, though, which is that I made a joke to Lori that literally the only way that you could appreciate the joke is if you were as fully immersed (laughs) in the particulars of one child author's voice, right? Like, in order for the... In order for the joke to play at all, you need to be completely immersed in the the diction and and okay, character voices of Mo Willems, who writes the Elephant and Piggy books, right? And all, until three years ago or four years ago, I never fucking heard of Mo Willems. I couldn't. I, I obviously you couldn't have told you anything until about. Until ten him. seconds ago, I never heard of that person. Yeah. Right. Anyway, the the point is is that I sent a, a joke to Lori. That I, it's like a bank shot chance that she would even it's get. It's so good. Right, it's good. But like there was a 50-50 shot that you would not even recognize that I was doing a thing there, right? And yeah, but no, there isn't because it's me. Right, but you, so, but you got it. The point being that like most people wouldn't have gotten that, but I wouldn't have hesitated to send the yeah. exact same joke yeah. to them either, right? And the joke was simply... Like, 
was it fucking four words? It was not a party, Gerald. Right. Like, that's the entire joke. It's a great fucking joke. But, like, in order to understand right. it at all, yeah. you need to have such a complete understanding <laughs> right. of the thing that we're talking about for it to make any goddamn sense. That's all I ever care about doing, right? right? And if it means having to send a fucking thousand-word email to these guys <laughs> who I'm never going to talk to, like, right? Like, if, if that's what is required of me afterwards, I will, I will do it anyway. Right. Like, it's totally fine. No, no, I hear you. It makes me a crazy but you know, person. Like, that was good, Bob. friends and people that, like, have known each other for a while, they can always do these quick callbacks. You can make a comment or yes. a joke about something, and then it'll be immediately totally. recalled. Uh, but if it involves, like, like some stupid whatever I'm looking at with the sunglasses thing or whatever, yep. like, you have to not only have consumed it at some point, but also have it just kind of, like, ready for you to make that connection. Part of your, like, cultural lexicon. Right. Like, your tiny little microculture right. of your friends. Right. right, and it's what I fucking live for, right? right? Like, it's the, my, my favorite, like, I, as, a, as a writer, as an, like a person who will never be read, but who considers himself a writer <laughs> anyway, happened. like, what I live for is being able to put a joke right. halfway through a paragraph in the middle of a story that, like, maybe maybe two other people in the planet right. will will be able to understand the 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 thing that is in there right like it, it, that's my favorite fucking thing in the right. world and that's my fucking cross to bear i guess you see any fucking movies this week so uh i have not uh because the only thing that they're showing at this is this top gun which is like still doing still, great numbers that's just what uh, all movies are right now just movies every theater top gun, like in demolition man yeah uh all restaurants are Taco Bell. But, like, uh, I'm going to go see a, a terrible movie. I'll talk about it next week, uh, the, the one with the dinosaurs. But I, uh, I I was watching the first couple of episodes of uh, this Showtime show that's being featured or previewed on the Apple TV subscription that I have. I was going to say, you also, like, we've never, I don't think we've ever discussed a Showtime show in the entire run of right. this show because I don't think. We subs- either of us is subscribed to I it. was uh, swindled and bamboozled by Apple TV because I thought I didn't make a connection that it was a Showtime show, but they make the first two episodes available, and then when you go to the third episode, they're like, oh, you want you really like this show, huh? Oh, you like it? By Can I guess? The is it, is it the, the, the First Ladies yeah. show that you're watching? First Ladies, it has the three First Ladies, uh, Obama. I knew that show would be completely unavoidable to you. I knew that <laughs> it was like catnip for you. It's this fucking awful First yeah, Ladies show. That good? I mean, it's entertaining enough for me to, to get to the third episode and find out that I need to subscribe to Showtime, uh, which I won't. But you were talking earlier about um, the joy you saw, you had when uh, that kid made the, you know, he drove those two runs in, right, in the, in, in the right, Little right. League. But halfway through the second episode, they show one of the first ladies is Eleanor Roosevelt, and they showed FDR. This is like right before he... Uh, his legs start stopped working, whatever, like polio, whatever he had, right? But the person who they had playing FDR was Jack Bauer, right? Kiefer Sutherland. So I'm, I'm sitting here watching what? this TV, and I just start laughing, like, no fucking way. <laughs> Jack Bauer is going to be, and he's doing this stupid voice. It's great. Just, I, I know it's not supposed to be a comedy, but it's so funny just seeing Kiefer Sutherland, like, being FDR. He did the... Fear speech and everything. I'm like, this is, I don't know who the casting person was, but good job. 
Inspired. <laughs> Who's is Eleanor? Is that is Jillian Anderson? Yeah, Jillian Eleanor Roosevelt, yeah. or she's somebody else? Yeah, she's uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Viola Davis is doing this weird face thing, being Michelle Obama uh, and the drunk uh, Ford lady. Uh, I think that's Michelle Pfeiffer on that one. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. But it's entertaining enough. But it's not particularly good. Yeah, I, uh, entertaining enough for you to get Showtime. <laughs> I do love Gillian Anderson because of the X Files. Uh, Kiefer's a terrible actor. It must be said. <laughs> He's in one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time. A movie that I have written about, I think, before, and would love to do like a whole podcast episode about uh, pl- Dark City. Oh, okay. What we could do it if we watched it a little bit at a time, and I stayed awake because I fall asleep every time I watch yeah. it because it's it's actually very dark. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Uh, it came out before The Matrix. It's of a it's it's of a sort of brand of like late nineties science fiction like alternate reality alternate reality stuff. It's just I wonderful. thought you were gonna say Flatliners, but uh, it's like yeah, that movie and The Matrix and like Existence, all all of a very similar sort of thing going on there. Great movie. Uh, anything else for you? I uh, watched the six part. Um we own this city on HBO. Like it's like, I'm surprised. Oh, then it's a, the new David Simon. Movie, yeah. It's right? like based on these, uh, cr- uh shady, uh, ta- gun task force people in, uh, B- Baltimore. This happened like five years ago. And I don't remember half of uh, any of that. They were just like robbing people, stealing their drugs, stealing money. So here's my feeling from having seen only the previews of that. And I, I would like to watch it eventually. Uh, and I, I probably will. My feeling is that it is a completely fucking outrageous story that we should be furious about. Very. And also that it's insufferably preachy as a piece of programming to have to Very. watch. Very. Okay, yes. so I've, I've nailed it, <laughs> despite having seen <laughs> only like two and a half minutes of the show. And, and there are a couple of parts where it's a little clunky, the dialogue, and you're like, oh, this is like word for word from like a trap, because they were like, they had them on a... So basically, they, they literally just took real life conversations when they were under investigation, and they plopped it into the plot. And it just—it's weird how like rea- real real interactions work on screen. Sti- That's so interesting. It just sticks out. It's like wow, they're talking. It feels weird, but like that's how most people won't talk the way they talk on when you watch a TV show. But right. when you what you're describing is the universe of distance between Aaron Sorkin and and real life, right? Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. Maybe that's what it is, because I think I was watching a West Wing episode the day before, and I was like, oh, where's the uh, flowery language? It's right. like, I don't see that in Baltimore. Uh, what did we watch? We just Norm. mostly played baseball. We watched The Norm, the new Nothing nothing Special oh, from Norm. I, I I couldn't get myself, I was like, I'll watch it at one point, but I, I, I was looking forward to it until it just showed up on my uh, Netflix or whatever, and I'm like, okay, I'm not ready to watch, because it looks kind of depressing, but it's I'll, not, I'll it's not, it's, it's, not. It's, it's, it's wonderful, it is. It's not depressing, it's sad, it's a little sad, but you're not going to yeah. leave depressed, like, okay. it's very nice. Yeah, and it's it's a nice sort of, not, not to denigrate uh, Ricky Gervais in comparison, but having watched it just a few days after yeah. the Ricky special, you realize like Norm is just operating on a whole different level, and right. and he's willing to go to a lot of the same places that Ricky Gervais is trying to go, but he's going in a much better vehicle. Uh, he's, yeah. <laughs> he actually has the 
he has the ability and the goods to take you there and it makes it seem like the trip was worth it rather than the trip just being sort of mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Which and is it, not his thing. It's Ricky's thing. Right. Uh, but he's just... He's just fucking terrific, and he's he absolutely. It's it's one of those things where you. I, I was sort of worried that like you're watching it now, months after he died, and like, is it going to be a rose-colored glasses thing where I'm because I I was preparing myself to be fucking disappointed, right? I was preparing myself to be bummed out that like I have to laugh at this because it's Norm Macdonald and because I feel right. some sort of loyalty to Norm. That wasn't the case. It was just it was just good, it's just lovely, and, oh good, and and worth watching. Uh, besides that, I can't think of anything else that we watched. We watched a little bit of the Mission Impossible. It's true. We put Mission Impossible up for a few minutes. Uh, baseball. Mostly baseball. Yeah, watch some Braves. Bob couldn't calm down. Like we said, Bob can't calm down. I can't calm down. I get home from the fucking Little League game at 9 o'clock, and I'm amped until midnight. <laughs> and then I lay on the pillow until, like, 2. And then I wake wow. up at, like, 3.30. It's like, oh, god damn it. Like, what is wow. happening to my brain right now? It's over now, so it should be okay. Uh, yeah, it should be, it should be all right now. One more little practice, but... Yeah, we're going to do fun. one last fun thing. I'm going to have the kids... Uh, throw me pitches on the big field and see how many home runs I can hit. And then see, and then we'll go to the T-ball field and I'll do a home run derby for them. And we'll see who wins the home run derby where I have to hit it (laughs) fucking 300 feet and they only have to hit it like 120. Oh, that's good. That'll be fun. I don't know what the fuck we talked about here for the last two and a half hours. It tied together nicely. You did a good job. We did something. Hot sauce and stuff. We'll be back to our uh, regular depressing news, uh, I'm sure, next week. Not if people make good stuff happen. I'm confident that we Follow won't Bob be... Follow Bob on Twitter. He'll we, have a lot to talk about. We won't be talking about any news that was made by the January 6th commission. That is that is the one Ooh, thing that I can promise you. Challenge. If I said that, then something would happen, but I'll, you know, I'll leave that Just, to you. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. We will talk to you next time. Later. Somebody in the New York Times used the word nonplussed incorrectly, and it made me mad online briefly. Um, nonplussed is not used I thought we learned that that actually meant the opposite of what we think it means. Yeah, because people yeah. in typical fucking shitty human fashion decided, oh, this can actually mean the exact opposite of what it has always meant because people use it wrong. But, you know, not only use it wrong, so, you know, I don't know if there's a word for this, but there are words that don't sound like what they mean. Like, no, nonplussed, it, the stupid definition is surprised and confused so much that they are unsure how to react. Which right, but my understanding of the word my whole life until I heard that was that it meant that you like eh, didn't care. Yeah, yeah, but that's how so it, it sounds like. Right, but that's the problem. Like there should be a word that describes like that's not a good word because it right. Which by the way, con- it's why you don't use the word in journalism. Yes. Right. right, that's right. a word that. Whatever you, whether you're a prescriptivist about linguistics or not, we don't get to use right. that word anymore because there are other words that more effectively communicate. And you, right. when you use it 
with the the common man's understanding of it, you're make you, you can say that you're, that's not a political act, and it's yeah. weird for me to use the word political there, but it is a political act to use the word in that way because now you're insisting on the common man's understanding of it, which is only confusing to anybody who knows <laughs> both ways. And yeah. in, in the context in which it was used, and I'll read the the thing here, it was used in a way. That you can't be sure about which way they meant it, right? Oh, wow. So, so this is in an article about somebody who survived the fucking Holocaust and who was gay. So it was tweeted out by Dan Savage. It's That's like not why spiel- they survived it, though, right? Well, no. They, despite no. being gay, they, they okay. survived it. A few years ago, Miss Human, H-E-U-M-A-N, decided to come out formally to her son and her daughter-in-law, Lindsay Layton, deputy editor of the New York Times Climate Desk. They were nonplussed, having never thought of her as closeted. So, yeah, in what way do they mean <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. Do they mean they were fucking <laughs> staggered by it, or ah. that it didn't mean anything to them? And they like yeah, because that could I, that that works either way. Right, it goes right. either. You just can't use that word. To use Choose them. to use literally any other word. Well, that's art, then, right? So yeah, it's art. That's what I'm saying. Maybe yeah, that's the art, actual correct word. Uh, fucking to use. journalism. You like, decide. Yes, you decide. Yeah, no, you're right. I think I think I haven't really kept count, but um, I've probably seen it used. In the incorrect way, more often than oh, way yeah, more way often, more. Right? it's like begging the question. You almost never right. hear "beg the yeah, question." Yeah, that's used another correctly. example. Or like a "homely home" sounds like a pl- positive thing, but it's like right. somebody who's like less than Aww. attractive. Home, like, homely, right, but, <laughs> homely is good, and so is uh, uh, the, she's a very handsome woman. Is my, is yes. my favorite <laughs> way of denigrating <laughs> someone's looks. Oh, it's terrible. Anyway, all right. Good night. Good night. Good night.